It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Lots to talk about with our panelists. Brianna Wu, she's running for Congress in Massachusetts. Paris Martineau, she writes at Wired. And Seth Weintraub, he's the founder of 9to5, Google, Mac, and Electric. We'll talk about the coronavirus craziness. Baby Yoda toys may be delayed. We'll also talk about uh, Apple and push notifications. Apparently, they're changing their tune. And amazingly enough, the music industry, it's healthier than it's been in years. It's all coming up next on Twit. This Week in Tech comes to you from Twit's LastPass Studios. You're focused on security, but are your employees? LastPass can ensure they are by making access and authentication seamless. Visit lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech, episode 761, recorded Sunday, March 8th, 2020. The Esperanto of Time. This episode of This Week in Tech is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower life insurance rates for healthy people like you. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash twit and take the Health IQ quiz. It could help save you up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. And by Stamps.com. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at Stamps.com. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip for a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter the code TWIT. And by FreshBooks. You know, you can be confident when tax time rolls around with FreshBooks because they make filing a walk in the park. Try it free for 30 days at freshbooks.com slash twit. And by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage. Thinking about moving your data storage to the cloud? Wasabi is enterprise-class cloud storage at one-fifth the price of Amazon S3 and faster than the competition with no fees for egress or API requests and no complex storage tiers. Your business may be unpredictable, but your data costs shouldn't be. Start a free trial at wasabi.com and enter the code TWIT. It's time for TWIT. This Week in Tech, the show we cover the week's tech news with this fabulous panel. Brianna Wu is here in the middle of a stump speech. She's, <laughs> she's running for Congress in the Massachusetts 8th. When's Election Day? It is September 1st, so we're working right now to get on the ballot. Uh, on the very first day we were out there working, we got about half the signatures we needed, so it's going amazing. Oh, that's great. And we're also opening up our second office uh, next week, so I'm very excited about that. And the nice thing about running for Congress is you can paper your walls with campaign signs. That's true. That's true. What I happened have, to your uh, beautiful American flag? I, I have some TV stuff later today, and we were redoing the there office, so I thought this go. would look interesting. You have a TV stuff right now. Thank you, Brianna. I, I, <laughs> yes. I'm thrilled to have you on, as always. Also joining us, uh, he was the creator of 9 to 5 Mac. He also is the editor-in-chief at Electric. It is Seth Weintraub. Great to have you with us. Great today. to be back. Yay! He's in the attic. You got stuck in the attic today. Did you know? Oh, the low ceilings. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I, well, I'm an expert. Yeah. But I thought 
that Paris Martineau is also joining us uh, from her home. I thought she was in her home office. She's a staff writer at Wired, but she says this is her mid-century living room. Yeah, two Hi, very Paris. different things. Hi, guys. <laughs> Always great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, this is the crew, the social distancing crew. I'll tell you what, uh, we're all very good at this. Well, we were just looking at the XKCD article. It's You started it, I think, Brianna, by saying you've been preparing your whole life for this. <laughs> it's true. That's, a, that's exactly I'm really the... worried, though, because my whole job is going out to large crowds now. And, like, I'm really scared. Like, I was talking to people yesterday. I, every day I talked to I said, let's just do the coronavirus elbow bump. And that's what I did all day. Do you day. still have people showing up? Because I would think... Oh, me, absolutely. Yeah, because yes. I would think... This is going to get harder and harder. Here it is, yesterday's XKCD called Self-Isolate. Guy sitting and looking at a TV. Experts are saying people may need to self-isolate to combat the virus. He sits there. I've been practicing for this moment my whole life. I don't think that's quick. Make plans. Watch how fast I cancel. I think there are a lot of us geeks who, uh, <laughs> who are finally going to have enough TV time. <laughs> enough time to play with my Raspberry Pi. Uh, Anyway, we are, I should mention, uh, we are closing our studio for the time being. Uh, so if you had tickets to come see us, I apologize. But we uh, really, in, in respect of the staff, as much as anything, I want to make sure that uh, they stay healthy. So we, uh, we don't, won't have studio audiences. And I suspect we will only have people via Skype sitting around the table just, uh, just to protect. Although I was in St. Louis this week. I actually got in an airplane, flew to St. Louis, did an event at our sponsor, Worldwide Tech's facility, beautiful facility, and then flew back. And uh, and I'm and I'm still here. What what will your temperature be in 14 days, though, Leo? Yeah, that's gotta... the question. <laughs> Good news: the Pope is okay. Italy is, uh, although he's not in Lombardy, which is I think the region that is most affected. But uh, he is testing negative for coronavirus, according to Italy. We've also talked to Father Robert Balasere, who is at the Vatican, and he's okay, too. So, actually, it would be a serious thing for the Pope. He's 83 years old. He had part of a lung removed uh, several decades ago, uh, and he has actually started to cancel audiences. Not just papal audiences, conferences being canceled, including, bit of a shock, South by Southwest. First time in 34 years. Well, it's hard to think of another reason why they would cancel it, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, that's not... I don't know. Some conferences, they take a year off because something happens. Yeah. And and I got the impression from the cancellation that, that South by didn't want to cancel. They really waited until the last Oh, yeah. Moment. It was a very passive-aggressive yeah. kind of cancellation <laughs> me message. It was like, we really didn't want to do this. We didn't make the decision. The city said we didn't have to. But then, you know, they said we should probably do it. Oh, so the city, I see, I thought Austin made them do it. So the city yeah, said... I mean, no, that, that's the thing. Austin made them do it is essentially what they'd said towards the end of it. But they it was a strange message because I think it began by saying, oh, just as early as like last week, the city had said we were going to be fine. Everything was good. But now the city is saying we have to do this. It's a public security um, and health risk, which like, duh, clearly. Yeah, and it <laughs> didn't help that... Other, that Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, BMI, the music company, because there's a music festival too, and Apple had all pulled out. Yep. Uh, not much. Not going to be a much of an event without all of that. Yeah, yeah. that's probably the real reason. Yeah. Um, you, you, there's nothing worse than to have an, a conference and just nobody's there. 
<laughs> there's no booths. There's no panels. Uh, that would look almost even worse. But I have to feel for the people in South in uh, in Austin. Yeah, uh, I mean, so many people like local business owners and whatnot. This is where you make all of your money for the whole year in yeah, Austin. Yeah. It's gonna be devastating for everyone who yeah. is counting on revenue. Yep. There are, We've there, got. Um, I have friends of mine that have TV shows that uh, you know and documentaries down there that they are really trying to get sold. So, you know, I I kind of fear talking about this in terms of um, you know um, a financial damage to people, but it's it's very real and not just to, to corporations. I mean, why would you individuals that you, I know? You, you right? feel if you talk about the economic consequences, you're downplaying the health I, consequences. I, I I just think I. I want to be very careful and say it's, it's people's healths first, people's lives first. That's the the top priority here. Yeah. But this is clearly another important thing to talk about. Well, you're being politic, but it is really <laughs> bad. For, well, podcast advertising is disappearing. Uh, yeah. Movies, you know, James, the James Bond movie. Um, what will we ever do? Having to wait six months. Come for on, a game that's a big deal. Oh. They they was going to come out this spring. They've deferred it to November. Now somebody said it's because of the title. Which is something like uh, I mean I think it's because it's a good day uh, to sicken a good day to sicken and die or something nowadays like that. a large <laughs> like a large large part of your revenue is going to be coming from audiences in China and if no one in China is being allowed to leave their homes and go congregate in public space with other people why would you release your movie when half of your revenue is not going to be there yeah no I mean that's serious that's not uh, that's nothing to be. Sneeze, Dad, if you forgive it. We're saying all these things, but public health is first. Yeah. That's a given. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I uh, you know I think there's some benefits. Apparently, lobster prices are dropping in uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I live here. I can get lobster whenever I want. So I wasn't very surprised. <laughs> excited Lights by that. Flights are really story. cheap. <laughs> What's that? What? I've seen a lot of people tweeting about how flights are really cheap right now. Hotels are very cheap right now. Yep. Especially in Good Austin. <sighs> no, I don't mean to make light of it because it is, you're right, absolutely, uh, Brianna. It's, very, it's a serious health issue. Uh, although people, there are a lot of people who uh, also think it's being overblown. I had somebody called a radio show yesterday mm -hmm. who said, you know, it's just the news media. It's a sensationalistic story. They're oh. just overblowing it. And I said, oh, are you a physician? He said, no, I'm a piano tuner. <laughs> of course, yeah. So the, the, apparently I, I the piano tuner constituency. I think that person may be bad at math. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it something to be, uh, to be worried about? I think so, yes? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's, I think the best way, um, the way that I've kind of explained it, because my father called me the other week kind of saying the same thing, and I was like, oh, no. I mean, I understand that for most healthy kind of young people, let's say if you got coronavirus right now, you'd probably come out of it fine. You wouldn't need hospital assistance, hopefully, but for any immunocompromised people or people who are more elderly, it's going to be a serious health challenge. And it's kind of as if we are in a world where, let's say, the flu didn't exist and the flu for the first time was making its rounds. Um, sure. Yes, it's kind of like that, isn't it? In a world where the flu does exist and it's a sad but just reality of yeah. our lives. Yeah. If we are in a state currently where we can prevent another flu from um, being a regular occurrence year out, year in, year out, and having that many people die and suffer health complications. Yeah. Why wouldn't we do everything to stop that? Yeah. I, I, think, I think when you really understand the exponential nature of these kinds of pandemics, there's a lot to worry about. 
the future I'm really scared that we're heading towards in the United States is one where our hospital beds, just by doing math of how many hospital beds we have in the United States, I I think it's reasonable to be concerned that they are going to be filled with people with coronavirus soon. And you start looking at our nursing shortages and how people are going to get health care for that. And you start thinking through, are we going to get to a point where hospitals are turning people away based on who they think is going to get better and who is not going to get better? Um, you know, you start thinking through supply change. Um, we went over to Walgreens today just trying to get some surface uh, disinfectant wipe. It's still out of stock. Uh, dust masks are out of stock. And you think about the way these things are manufactured. And I think they're very reasonable fears to have about our capacity in every sense of the work, capacity for hospitals, capacity to create drugs, capacity for health care. Um, I, I think it's really hard to overstate how serious this is. And there are also so many uh, offshoot effects that people, I feel like, are not thinking about. We're, of course, talking about how there are mask shortages and disinfectant shortages. And that affects not only people who are working in the health industry and trying to protect themselves from coronavirus, but N95 masks are something that contractors need to be able to do their jobs. You can't um, sand certain things or do certain jobs in the construction industry unless you have these masks available and are able to use them. And a lot of people are out of work because they cannot obtain the supplies that they need to do their job. And that's I just one example of I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you This is an right. incredibly strange uh, and very Brooklyn thing to say, but I work in ceramics in my free time and a lot of ceramicists are not able to uh complete their pottery and sell their wares because you need to have these sort of dusk masks to um sand different pots and whatnot and so yeah. that's being put aside as well I, wow <laughs> I have the same what's problem. interesting is we're so interconnected nowadays we're so inter interdependent that it's like the butterfly effect except it's much more dramatic any little shift um, how about uh, as editor of Electric, you probably uh, more aware than I am. What about uh, we've talked a little bit about computer production in China, uh, Seth, but what about car production? Is that going to be impacted? Oh, certainly. Uh, I mean, any part of the supply chain stops and uh, you're stuck. Like there's, you know, if, if, if the seat manufacturer stops, then there's no cars coming out. Right. And uh, so it, it's already... We've already seen some slowdowns. Um, car manufacturers are already warning against quarter one uh, uh, slowdowns. And then, you know, the whole, you know, recession, like theoretically coming out of this is uh, slowing people down from making big purchases. So it's it's going to be a big deal. Um, it's so, you know, wh whatever you think about the, the virus itself, whether, you know, it's going to affect how it's going to affect you directly indirectly because of everybody's reaction to it it's going to be a big deal and uh you know we saw uh, i think elon musk saying you know that this isn't a big deal but he's talking about well how is this going to affect me you know how is it going to affect people Grimes around him? and i have a lot of popcorn and many shows to watch and we won't be right. leaving the house <laughs> right so it, it it is going to be a big deal i yeah. think it's just it's it's how people are going to react to it, and and rightly so react to it. Well, and a big deal, not just for now, but these economic consequences reverberate for months and years. Sure. 
So the, the disease may go away this summer, but the consequences could last. We could hit a serious recession, for instance. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the general thought right now. The, the economy has certainly slowed um, already. Uh, and, and in China, obviously, there's you know huge pockets of, of stoppages. So Now, um, Foxconn, Han Hai Precision, says they're going back to work this month. Um, it, that's important because they're the ones making the new iPhones. The rumor was that Apple would announce new $400 iPhones, the successor to the SE, at the end of the month. I wonder, though, if really they are going back to work. You get the feeling that uh, China is a little bit like the U.S., where there's kind of this uh, happy glad handing that's not justified in 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 fact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's up in the air. Um, even if they are going back, there's probably some supply chain uh, entity in you know the cameras or the whatever right. that may not have gone back, and and maybe they can get a few. Hundred thousand out or a couple million out, but they're not probably not going to get uh, what they expected to be able to get out the door. Two developer conferences canceled. Google I/O canceled. Uh, the conference will go remote. Uh, Facebook's F8 also canceled. Um, this is going to be good. In fact, I think Zoom stock did well. <laughs> this is going to be good for remote uh, conferencing, teleconferencing companies. I would imagine DoorDash and the other food delivery companies. Would be, in fact, I think, what, which one was it? I think it was DoorDash where they have now a new button on the app that says, leave the food and go. You know? God. Oh, my gosh. I, I do think that's, you know, I think if you're looking for a bit of a silver lining here, there are a few here. I do think one of the long-term consequences of this is I think we're going to finally get some remote work policies put in place for a lot of large companies. And I think that's going to be good for the workforce over a long term. I think it's going to be good for parents and, you know, people sick. I think once we get better policies in place, I do hope that people are going to be able to take sick leave uh, more easily. Um, I think one of the most vulnerable populations with this is, as you said, Leo, people working in the food industry. Um, if you're sick and you make food and you go to work, you're going to be spreading that to a lot of people. It doesn't matter how often you wash your hands or what precautions you take. You're going to be at immense risk. So I'm really hoping when it comes to manufacturing drugs here in the United States, we're going to increase our capacity. When it comes to some of these policies that are common sense, maybe this will be the, the spark that kind of gets us to take this more seriously. San Francisco's banned events for two weeks. They've declared an emergency there. Stanford has canceled classes. Many companies are telling workers to stay home, including Twitter, uh, Google, and Microsoft. And, of course, Amazon uh, has reported that they, uh, in fact, do have a worker sick with coronavirus. Let me see if I can find that story. I'm not sure where that uh, Amazon employee works. Um, so this is, this is uh, yeah. But is it overreacting? No. <laughs> no. No. There it is. Seattle employee quarantined with coronavirus. Yeah, and Twitter also announced in the 6th that a Seattle-based employee had been advised by their doctor that they likely had COVID-19. Yeah. Seattle has been the epicenter, I think, in the uh, West Coast, certainly in the U.S., but I know there are many cases in your neck of the woods, too, in New York. Yeah, I think I saw something this morning that said New York is on pace to... Uh, Eclipse Seattle. Rise above, yeah, Eclipse Seattle. As far as 
which is great, you know. Yeah, that's a fun. title you don't really want. Yeah, yeah. Westchester seems what? to be uh, joining the uh, the elite in the uh, coronavirus territory. I, You know, I don't know, but it does seem to me that it's not an accident that these are the areas where we have cases. And it's not because they're more likely to have visitors from Asia or from Italy or Iran. But it's because it's more likely to have tests. You know, we were in St. Louis. They said, well, don't worry. There's no cases in St. Louis. And I have like to say... like there's been no testing. I mean, did you, you read know the fantastic of. Atlantic article that went through um, the details available from the CDC, of which there are very few. And then it went to all the different states um, and how they're reporting coronavirus tests, um, how many tests are available and what they're saying to the public. And essentially the conclusion was... No one is really testing enough. Um, a lot of states are not reporting how many tests they're even doing or how many people they are turning away. And we have a massive public health crisis that is being kind of swept under the rug. Thousands, uh, only uh, thousands of tests have been administered. And um, out of the, po you know, who knows what the potential is in the United States. And, uh, and of course, if you ha aren't testing, then you don't know who, it, not only who has it, but how it's spreading. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, Did you see how Seattle was testing for this? They they were unable to secure tests from the CDC. So they went and they got some of the publicly available data and they isolated their population by saying, okay, you have every single flu-like symptom and we're going to give you the flu test and you're not showing up positive for the flu. So Seattle was actually forced to develop their own test for this because of a lack of leadership by yeah. the CDC. Yeah. And I think that's really scary that because of this lack of testing kits, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of um, states are kind of on their own looking for solutions like that. The other side effect is I'm really sick of singing happy birthday. <laughs> so, so supposedly you're supposed to sing happy birthday twice while you wash your hands. But Karsten yeah. has provided us with an alternative this is the poster from the National Institutes of Health on how to wash your hands, combined with Dune's <laughs> litany of fear. I must not fear. If, by the way, this takes exactly the right amount of time. Fear is the and mind have. killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. By that time, you're doing the backs of your hands. I will face my fear. Now scrub your nails, too. <laughs> I will permit it to pass over me. Scrub your thumbs and through me. And then when it has gone past... I will turn to the inner eye to see its path that's under the water where the fear has gone dry with a single-use paper towel. Dry, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet. There will be nothing, and then your hands, only I, will remain. That's credit to Reddit, by the way. I love that. I'm putting that in my COVID-19 pages in my notebook. It's got to be a 12th step that is use another single-use paper towel to open the to door. To open the door. They left that. out the door. How are you so getting... Really integral part every single time i go to reach the door i'm like god damn it i'm gonna ruin my clean hands for years <laughs> uh i've read and kind of laughed at a well-designed bathroom will have a paper towel near the door along with a receptacle to throw it so that you can use it to open the door they never do so i now carry a handkerchief which i should probably <laughs> sterilize because i've opened all the bathroom doors yeah how do you know that you're grabbing it in the part that has touched the door or whether it's the clean part maybe you're just get, infecting yourself again and again infecting over and over again well i shouldn't do this uh oh oh that was a oh, bad wow. idea Oh, wow. Yeah, Have you been able to face? stop touching your face, Seth? Or? I've literally touched my face probably five times. See, Seth can't wear an N95 mask. 
So you're out of luck. <laughs> you got a, you got no got seal around that beard. No seal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and glasses glasses are pretty are much glasses full bad of coronavirus. Too? Oh. I mean, they're touching my face. Yeah, touching my hands. Oh, I don't man. know. God, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I was talking. I was talking about our phones more. You know, the phone is pretty much one of the most disgusting objects that you have. People, you can't exactly put it under the sink and wash it, even though the new iPhones are reasonably water resistant. I've been but, reading on Reddit people yep. actually doing that. Really? Can't really bought, recommend it. I bought a device. It's a. It's basically it's a, a infrared lamp, and you put your yeah. uh, phone in there. UV, and it not infrared. Yes, UV. It, UV sorry, will cook. Uh, infrared yes. will cook it. Yes, which would kill the germs, but may also <laughs> keep it warm. That, phone. that would be a good idea anyway. Um, but yes, it's uh, it does that, and uh, you know it will also break down the DNA, so it works on viruses ah. and bacteria. So. Yeah. See, this is mm. another company that's going to do very well. Phone soap yep, at phonesoap.com. It. It's a little case with a UV light in it. And look at the top. Due to increased demand, the option to pre-order will be available for some products that are out of stock. <laughs> Order today to keep your place in line. Basically, they're completely out of stock on wow. all of these. I wonder where they're manufacturing all of this. Oh, yeah. In China. I bet it's China. Right? <laughs> ships May 18th. Ships May 30th. Ships April 15th. Ships oh May God. 18th. Ships April 30th. You're going to be dead by then, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be at the end of contagion by then. It's too late. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so I've been actually just using a wipe, but they do say that the coronavirus will last nine days on the glass glass surface of your phone. So wow. whatever you do, do not, let's see. Do not Take a call by putting your phone to your face? No <laughs> calls in 2020. <laughs> It's this is depressing, like it. isn't it? It's so depressing, uh, and I I feel like we're kind of whistling past the graveyard as we joke about this. Um, yeah. And, by the way, no, Steve Wozniak is not dead. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that tweet where he's this was kind of an Imagine irresponsible. Just tweeting, we, me and uh, Janet may have been patient zero in the U.S. <laughs> Without even getting any testing, just a casual tweet with a swarm app link. Yeah, that's what? how that's how Steve tweets these days. By the way, Steve has been at the West Coast Sports Institute for the last seven days. Uh, <laughs> he says checking out. This was on Monday. Janet's bad cough started January fourth. We had just returned from China, and may both have been patient zero in the U.S. Later, he reported oh. Janet had a sinus infection and not coronavirus. But he did say he had, they went, oh, get this, straight after this visit to China, they went to Vegas where he was scheduled for many uh, uh, talks and so forth. And he felt so bad he went to his room for four days. He may have just had the regular flu. There weren't any tests at the time. so. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, this is Waz's sense of humor. He's joking. So. I, I I saw that, and he had a cable news segment. I don't know which uh, station it was on. It was, you know, the YouTube algorithm will play it for you. It was not a good segment, and I, I yeah. love the Waz, but I think I think he's a better uh, tech commentator, maybe, than a health uh, He's not even a very good tech commentator. <laughs> okay, so. I was trying to be nice. Be nice. I yes, love, no, good. and I know Steve. I love him. I've hung out Great with him. Guy. I've Great been guy. on a cruise ship with him, not locked in for 20, 14 days, but... <laughs> Oh, maybe oh, you're patient too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so look, the 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 is not. There's nothing to panic over. Do not go buy all the toilet paper you can find. 
Um, although people have been doing this morning and there was like two rolls left. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. No, instead, but do what we did buy an $8,000 Japanese toilet and you don't need toilet paper. (laughs) Did you just cough, Lisa? Stay over there. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You can hear cackling and lightly in the background. (laughs) Is it a dry cough? How's your temperature? I think most people who get it will probably not die. Like 98% of you. Uh, so if you're, and, and of course, unfortunately, the Trump administration decided to modify the CDC's recommendations. CDC said, don't fly if you're over uh, 60 or you have an underlying condition. And, the, and the, the Trump administration thought, well, that's a little extreme. You can fly. Just, uh, I don't know what they said. Just don't go on a cruise ship, I think is what they said. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because then you'll just be stuck in the cruise ship. That's really Trump announces that he doesn't want to let you off the cruise yeah. ship because it would increase the numbers I mean, and make, laughs about it. Make yeah, I mean, numbers look. We bad. can say that and laugh about it, but it's also just incredibly it's dark crazy. and incredibly concerning. Yeah, because it's like there are so many people stuck on board, unable yeah, to receive crazy. quality medical care. Crazy. Yeah. Um, it has been also bad for civil liberty. Civil liberties. Uh, China, and actually, I bet you the U.S. is considering this. China has been using uh, the Alibaba app to tell you if you've been exposed to anybody with coronavirus. Because guess what? It turns out your phone knows where you've been. It knows where everyone else has been. So you can just scan yourself, your face, and it'll say, oh, yeah, you were on the train with that guy last Thursday. You, you know. Uh, Clearview AI's ears just perked up. I, I honestly think, you know, because the the... Civil liberties are most at risk when people are afraid, right? We know yeah. that. Yep. Uh, people are willing to trade their secure their uh, their their uh, security for their privacy for safety, and I wouldn't be surprised if people started proposing. Congress started proposing some kind of, you know, surveillance system to protect us from coronavirus, right? I, I would not pass a policy like that. That's very Orwellian. That's terrifying. And yeah. you're right. I mean, we. Those of us are old enough, we lived through the Bush years, and we saw what happened when people were afraid in the aftermath of 9-11. Patriot Act is still the law of the land, folks. Up for renewal right now. Yeah. It's true. Both uh, both parties passed that. Yeah, I, of course. I wrote about that in Hoppo, like, yep. blasting. I remember that, it's absolutely yeah. indefensible. Um, but, yeah, I think you're really right on. I, I'm curious, and I say this genuinely not knowing how I feel about this, um, because I'm being an engineer, I tend to, like, lean on experts and see how they feel about this. But when I see, you know, China shutting down Wuhan and Italy just announced uh, that one of their cities is the size of New York. Milan, They're basically Milan doing the same. Right. Down Lombardi. Right. Yeah. How do, how do you all feel about that? Um, I'm very torn about it. It just, it seems to me that that might be an example where limiting travel might be a valid course of action. How do, how does everyone else feel? So I was having this debate uh, with a doctor friend of mine, and he seems to believe that we're just going to like America is a little different than China and we're just going to take it like we're going to hide our elderly and sick and, you know, keep them isolated. But everybody else is going to be like, you know, I'm going to get it. I don't notice people staying home. I do. I do. My gym is a a ghost town. Um, The the political rallies. Yeah, the political rallies I've been doing, they've been very well attended. Um, but everywhere else, absolutely, I see it. 
that's a good example. Uh, Peloton is probably doing fantastically right now because yeah. nobody <laughs> wants to go to the gym and do right. the, the soul cycle or whatever. Right. They're all just getting Pelotons at their house. Well, maybe we'll have a system like this. This is the Alipay app. You scan your face. And if you're green, it's good. You can travel freely. If you're red, stay home. It also. I mean, the issue with this is that a lot of people are saying they're getting red or yellow or things saying that they should have restricted travel due to their exposure to coronavirus. And yet they're saying, I haven't been exposed to anything. I don't have a temperature. I haven't done anything. But yet they are stuck, unable to move or... Um, live their lives is a little weird that alipay they're calling this the alipay health code that alipay <laughs> is determining the whether you're healthy enough to travel you're this yeah is, that's really weird geez. not great it's payment app that is freaky <laughs> yeah. uh people sign up yep. uh through uh, this is uh ant financial a sister company of Alibaba, people sign up with the wallet app Alipay and are assigned a color code, green, yellow, or red, that indicates their health status. It's being used in 200 cities and is being rolled out nationwide. But neither the company nor Chinese officials, according to the New York Times, have explained how it classifies people. It's not oh. clear what, you know, why you get that color code. At the same time, if people get scared enough, I could see them doing it. You know, I think you're right, Seth. I think in the United States, we'll just take the hit. I feel like that's what I'm but, saying. But I mean, taking the hit means the death of certain percentage how many of people? people. Yeah. Yeah, millions, hundreds of thousands. I feel well, pretty so good. I'm in the high risk group. I'm over sixty, type two diabetic, high blood pressure. I'm in the I'm in the risk group. But, but I, you would you would self, you know, you would you would self isolate yourself theoretically. If you thought what you about were people who are immunocompromised wrong. due to some pre-existing health Lots condition, and Lots they have people. to, yep. and they have a job where they're expected to be there in person, yep. and yep. then they have to choose between whether do I stay at home with coronavirus, this disease that might kill me, or go to a doctor where I'm going to uh, get an untold amount of medical debt from whatever treatment they're going to have to give. And lose uh, my income while I am doing it. I mean, it seems problematic to have people who are healthy and able-bodied and privileged in this sense deciding, making those sort of decisions for people who are in between a rock and a hard place either way. A couple yeah. of weeks yeah. ago, Zainab Tufiki, we love her. She's a sociologist uh, and, a, and a geek, wrote a uh, blog post uh, on Scientific American in which oh, this is great. I thought it was really good. She said, it's not just smart to prepare for this, for coronavirus. It's our civic duty because yeah. if we don't take care of ourselves, then we could jam the hospitals and people, our neighbors, our elderly neighbors could be deprived of the kind of health care that they absolutely need. And not even the elderly neighbors. Let's say we get to a situation where we haven't, as um, Tupeki greatly says, like flatten the curve, um, where things get as bad as they can as quickly as they can, and the hospitals are overrun with immunocompromised and elderly patients who have caught this, then any of us normal people who have regular diseases or health issues right. would get turned yeah. away because there is not... So Let's say someone goes into labor because they have a baby on the way. How are they supposed to access medical care if all the hospital beds are filled up with coronavirus patients? Yeah. So on and yeah. so forth. It's compounding there levels are of awful. Only one hundred ventilator one hundred thousand ventilators in the United States. Oh uh, 
Oh my God. There's certainly yeah, not I mean, enough hospital beds or th- this is why we get vaccinated, right? Yeah, but we, yeah. we can't. It's the hurt, case. but we cannot. We yeah, cannot for a whole year. Yeah, yeah. But but that that's, that's right. self isolation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well also what if it what if it mutates? I mean, that's the real worry. Like you've got the common cold, like the reason it's very difficult to prepare a uh, you know, a flu shot every single year is because there's so many different strains of it. It's constantly mutating. What's gonna happen to this from here? We just don't know. And uh, again, this is this is really the worst time this could possibly be happening because we're just so unprepared on every single level, on a healthcare infrastructure level, on a leadership level. Um, you know, Paris, I love your your statement about medical debt. Uh, there was a New York Times writer. I haven't been able to cooperate this, but a New York Times writer was uh, retweeting some information from the CDC saying eventually the coronavirus test itself is going to be covered by as far as extensive hospitalization. If you're on Medicaid, it will not be covered. And that is a terrifying thought. Like what happens when many of us are going into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt over this? Um, Let's say you took an Uber pool and it turns out a couple of weeks later, they determined that the other person who's in the Uber pool with you has coronavirus or was affected by it. So then you are put in quarantine and you either have just average insurance or no insurance. And then you suddenly have to pay how many thousands of dollars in medical debt for being put in quarantine for 14 days, regardless of whether or not you actually end up with coronavirus. What are you supposed to do then? Or you don't get sick days. So you don't get to work for two weeks and you don't get a paycheck. I mean, the consequences are significant. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So I don't want to depress people, but, uh, it's serious. It is serious. Yeah. And, and it's serious in a way that may not be immediately obvious. That's why I thought Tufeki's article was really interesting. Flatten the curve because yeah. it's not for you. It's for everybody. <laughs> well, I guess my uh, all that soil I've got in my house, I guess that's a good thing now. I was, I was doing my civic duty and flattening the curve. <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink that, do you? I do. Absolutely, yeah. I do. I, too, am a Soylent bro. It's really? awful. Yeah. I have, I have a couple of cases that in my garage. I'll send them along. They're they're expired. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not great. I feel like yeah. Soylent doesn't go bad, though. It can. Uh, it gets, it yeah, gets they better. They moved over to algae protein. It's that fermenting. That stuff lasts for three years. Yeah, see? It's yeah, ferme- that's true. Oh, no, I have the original, I think. Uh, oh, okay. The, the one that... Yeah. The, the, the one, powder one? The, the one you can use as a laxative if uh, times get tough. Yeah. <laughs> No, I seriously have a ton of soil, and I've been trying to. What should I do with this? Should I mean, it. if it's expired, it's probably. I guess I have to throw it out, huh? Yeah. On the other hand, if I get quarantined, uh, maybe I'll be glad I have it. Yeah, it's true. I drank some expired Soylent uh, just to see what would happen a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> How'd it go? What's all right? Are you patient zero now? <laughs> What's all right? Doesn't get worse. It doesn't get worse. That's exactly right, Seth. It does not get worse. I don't know. Sometimes I've had like a silent morning. I left it open for a little bit, then shook back up, tried to drink it, being like, okay, it's been a day or two. It can't be worse. And it's chunky, which is bad. Oh, you don't want chunky silent. You don't want chunky. I love silent. Very good, but chunky? Nope. So you see, I liked the flavor too, and everybody thought I was nutty. It's got a soy flavor. It's fine. It's got a soy flavor. Yeah. I love the taste of soy milk. I'm lactose intolerant, so I normally drink yeah. soy or oat milk. Do you do very the, good? Uh, do they still make the the half coffee, half soy? Coffeeest oh, yeah. ones? Yeah. yeah, I think there's a new name for it. Really big fan of that. Like the mocha that. one. 
They recently well, released John, a mint chocolate. John, would you give me a There's one in my... Uh, <laughs> you don't refrigerate it, right? I'm just checking. I refrigerate you mine. You yeah, because I think yeah. it tastes better when it's cold. It's better cold. Yeah. yeah. I like I mean, the, uh, I like the then squares. It, sounds, it tastes more silty. Silty? Thick. It's more silty if it's like room temperature. It is a little if it's silty. Cold, there's something, there's sand yeah. in it. Yeah. What What were you saying, uh, Brianna? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was just going to say, they came out with a, a square meal bar version of it. Yeah. And I wish they'd make a bigger one that was 400 calories, um, but they it's in little 100 calories. It's perfect type. for running for Congress. It, it is. Mm -hmm. I really mean this. I leave it in my purse and I leave first thing in the morning and I'm eating while I'm driving to my first event. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's in the right-hand cupboard, John. Uh, in the back, it was. It's my. You know, I have a bunch at my office. Whenever I am, <laughs> it's you know, my emergency soilet. Exactly. Speaking it's, yeah, emergency. It's like okay, things, if you're having a long day, you realize you can't eat lunch. <laughs> chuck one. Keep we should. Ex I should probably explain that soilet was designed by some Silicon Valley nerd. Rosa Labs, I believe. Yeah, is because you know, I've always said there should be people chow. If you can make chow for dogs <laughs> and zoo animals. That is a complete meal. You should have a complete meal for humans. And this is basically human chow. It is yep. neutral liquid yep. that is not like unpalatable in any way. It doesn't have any harsh flavors or things that would make you actively dislike it. And it has all of the nutrients ostensibly and caloric requirements that you need for one fourth of your daily, I don't know. You wouldn't want to live on it exclusively, would you? I did it once for a week in college um, as kind of a stunt for our college newspaper. And honestly, it was good. It was a good week. Okay, this expires January is after. This expired in January 2017. <laughs> don't oh, do it, no. Leo. Leo, don't do it. You have do too it. much to live for. Don't do it. <laughs> At least shake it first. Lisa it can't you. be any worse <laughs> than coronavirus. I've been saved by the producer. Oh. Let's take a break. Our show, <laughs> <laughs> our show, our show <laughs> Thank you, Carson. <laughs> Carson just ran over, snatched yeah, the ball. up on aisle hand. seven. I think uh, ran back. He's been an accident. Carson is America's greatest hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't you drink it? Don't you drink it? I'm not going to drink the soil. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's it is not fine. It's, it, it, doesn't say, not okay. it says it's best no. buy. It doesn't say it's bad buy. <laughs> it's best buy. past is bad. Do an ad. I'm kind of crazy. Yeah, no, after now. the ad, you can read the Soylent. <laughs> then I'll give it back to you. Or then you can drink the Soylent. I have beaten my body up. I was drinking Soylent. Then I went keto, so I have all this old Soylent. <laughs> and now I'm not keto anymore, so I figure well, I can have the Soylent now. Do the ad. Our show today brought to you by, oddly enough, a life insurance agency. <laughs> you may you may want to know about this. Wouldn't you love to be able to save on your life insurance as much as 41%? Uh, it's Health IQ. You could get a million dollars worth of life insurance from as little as $36 a month. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower life insurance rates for healthy people like you. So if you, you know, you know health, you exercise, you ride your Peloton or you get a minimum of eight hours of sleep at night, you're eating right, then you really can get a better insurance rate. But but you can't just do it yourself. You can't just go to the insurance company because they're not they're gonna look at you funny. 
to the to them you're just a number what you do is you go to health iq they're your insurance concierge they you're more than a number to them they give you white glove service they walk you through the entire process of applying the policy is underwritten by one of the top 30 insurance companies but they have rates that are exclusive to health iq you can't find them anywhere else and you have to qualify so this is how it works Go to healthiq.com slash twit, healthiq.com slash twit. Take the quiz. It's fun. It's a, a scientific way to assess your health literacy, knowledge assessment, not self-assessment. So it's just asking you questions to see if you know. But they put this together with uh, a, the nation's leading medical health and fitness experts. Depending on your score and if you want, you can offer other qualifying factors, things like your Fitbit data. You can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Now, there's no commitment. You're gonna, The quiz is fun. You'll learn even more about the opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. HealthIQ.com slash twit. Let HealthIQ's concierge service guide you to getting life insurance you deserve because of your healthy lifestyle. HealthIQ.com slash twit. Health, it's actually really amazing. Get an amazing rate. HealthIQ.com slash twit. And it's fun. Uh, Apple restricting travel to Italy and Korea. They're also rejecting all coronavirus-related apps in the App Store unless they come from legit health organizations. The problem is, of course, humans being humans, they're jumping on this, and there's people putting out apps, and uh, Apple does not want to put bad information on out and I think that's a probably a good thing. I don't know if Google's doing the same thing with the Play Store. I haven't heard that. Always in cases of announcements like this, I'm my first question is how are how, do you how know? is that actually going to happen? How do they yeah. how are they policing apps? Well God knows they must have a million people reviewing apps, right? I mean Apple's that's gotta be a big part of their job. They review all apps anyway, right? I mean, it's been mostly automated over the last few years. What? No, 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 no. Is it? I think uh, it's more than it was. Seth, don't they the use humans beginning. to review those apps? Oh, they absolutely think, do. Yeah. yeah. There's a human that that hits every app, but I think a lot of yeah. the vetting is done by log algorithms. Well, they probably have yeah. programs they run and stuff. Because one, yeah, among I mean, other a lot things, of ads, a lot of apps that are clearly against Apple's right. terms of service have gotten just, through, and I think oh. in this. I mean, just generally in the history of the Apple's App Store, there are right. cases where they've been like, oh, this is an app that's right. against our terms of service. We're taking it down. And I think that if somebody really wanted to, you could make an app called some random word and it could actually be full of coronavirus misinformation, but such is the way of Internet content moderation. Right. right. I mean, this is I, – I agree it's probably a good – it's probably a good policy overall. This is an extraordinary circumstance, but it obviously makes me nervous to have a a private company kind of censoring what kind of health information you can come out with. That said, this is a case where it's probably a good policy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, Tito's Vodka actually had to tweet, you cannot use Tito's Vodka <laughs> to sterilize your hands. It's only 40 proof. Oh, God. We are all idiots. <laughs> We're all so in so, so much trouble. Dude, I made my own hand sanitizer, man. 
Did you all see the story about all the students in Wuhan, China? I love this. I love oh, this so much. Oh, that's such a good story. This is so great. Okay, doing? so you have all the students in Wuhan, China, and they moved over to an app to assign all the students homes, uh, homework while they're being homeschooled. And they figured out that if they could get the reviews of the app down to one star, it will be delisted from the star. So they review bombed it, took it down from like four stars to one star. And I just, Overnight. I, I admire then, yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> the power. <laughs> wow. Uh, Uber and Lyft say they're going to continue to pay quarantined drivers. I mean, this is a problem. If you're a gig worker, what do you do if you get quarantined? You're uh, you're out. Especially because in our area here in the New York City area, there was just a um, coronavirus patient who is an Uber driver. Oi. Oi. I literally took an Uber yesterday um, to this glassblowing workshop. I was in it, and as I was getting out, the Uber driver was like, stay safe and stay sanitized. And I was like, oh, God, this is the world we're in now. I mean, it's got to be a very scary reality for them because they don't know who they're having to share, like, just a small amount of air. You are very crafty, Paris Martineau. You blow glass. You spin pots. You do I just made a really cool neon sign. That's what I was doing yesterday. What? Uh, Yeah. Is anything we're seeing like those those legs? Are those yours? Is that yes? So I got these uh, legs a couple of years ago. They were mannequin <laughs> legs that I happened to see on Craigslist one day, and somebody was giving them away for free. So on my lunch break, I went and got them, and then I took them home and spray painted them gold. <laughs> Why didn't anybody get a picture of Paris Martineau walking down the street in Brooklyn carrying a pair of legs? That's oh, what... <laughs> I. There, people definitely did. I have never been stopped more in the street than when I was carrying those home from work. Um, they literally, say you're like, in... three or four people stopped me, somebody in the subway, because I had to take them on the subway to get them home. Like, one person came up and they screamed to me. They're like, oh, my God, where did the top half go? No! And ran away. Giving three or lie four people to the... said nice legs. It was oh, very... of course. That's what I would have said. They Giving lie to the fact that you are anonymous in New York. I thought, you know, you thought you could get away with anything. Nobody paid attention to you doing anything. But apparently carrying legs is a Yeah, I know. Normally people far. don't give yeah. don't give anything at all yeah. if you're... But legs, everybody wanted to talk to me. It was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, Apple, uh, this is from Philip Elmer DeWitt, PED30.com. Uh, says, eh, you probably should come to work, Eve. Yeah, this is um, this is uh, who has to come to the office. The most people uh, working from home is Microsoft, eighty-seven percent. Then Amazon, seventy-eight percent. Sixty-eight percent of Facebook employees, forty-four percent of Google employees. The least was thirty-eight percent Apple employees yeah i've heard that from apple people for a long time this is this is probably an unpopular opinion but i think for software engineering there is a a lot of value in being able to sit in the same space with other people you're developing software with to like draw on a whiteboard figure out solutions i I, I think it's one of these weird professions where it's not easy to do remote work necessarily, at least it's not for me and the people I've worked with. So I I can understand that policy and Apple's been famously aggressive towards it from, gosh, I remember hearing friends talking about it back in 2007. Yeah. Apparently Apple might be changing their tune because yep. Mark, your very own discovery, Seth, Mark Gurman. <laughs> Who, today 
Yes, today tweeted Apple's encouraging employees to work from home if they can add if they can as an additional precaution. But the retail stores remain open. So somebody's going to work. Somebody has to work. Yep. It's hard to know. I, you know, I mentioned at the beginning our studios are closed uh, for the duration uh, to visitors. And that wasn't f because of me. I don't uh, – maybe I'm foolish, but I'm the guy drinking expired Soylent. So <laughs> don't take – but, but I didn't didn't bother me. You know, I mean, there, I just – I figure we won't shake hands, but it's not going to – but a number of my employees said, you know, I'm asthmatic or I have issues. I don't think it's a good idea. And if it, I think as an employer, you really have to take that seriously. I don't want to risk my, the help of my employees. So what I'm willing to do myself does not necessarily extend to as an employer what I would do. And I think I'm wondering how this is going to impact, I mean, other live TV shows, I mean, that rely on live studio audiences. Is Ooh. that going to continue being a thing here in New York? Didn't the I NBA mean, talk about playing its games without a, a, a fans? Wow. Yep. LeBron, LeBron said, I'm not playing without fans. March Madness, they're thinking about it too, the college tournament. What Maybe every fan can just get like a hamster ball, you know? <laughs> a bunch of people in hamster balls rolling around. I, th I think some of this is that we've watched too many zombie apocalypse movies and TV shows. And we're kind of projecting onto this, the zombie apocalypse. I mean, I think that it is exactly what we were talking about earlier. All these sort of things they have to do to minimize risk, to flatten the curve. I mean, yeah. what was it? Um, it's hard to know, I though. Is this necessary or is this over? About CPAC. At CPAC, there was at least one yep. um, confirmed or rumored coronavirus case from that mass gathering of people why Which wouldn't you a little yeah. ironic because at cpac the the consensus was this is all being hyped up by the media and <laughs> and it's and they're trying to get the president it's and the media again it's the media it's fake news would be <laughs> ironic wouldn't it if some of them fell ill i wouldn't wish pandemics don't care about what political pandemics don't care for yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, my husband, he works in biotech. Like this is his field. And I, I, I'm trying to think about how to put this and not sound partisan, but I have been, I have been frustrated with some of the accuracy coming out from the White House about how long it's going to take to develop a, a vaccine about yeah. this. You know, I love watching the president say, oh, we're going to have one I in know. six months. And then Dr. Go Fauci go goes, um, <laughs> no, it's a, at least a year to a year and a half, Mr. It's a year if everything goes absolutely perfect in the vaccine development right. process, which has and never really happened before. But I, exactly. you know, honestly, I don't <laughs> – I know this is weird, but I don't hold it that much against Trump because you get the feeling he just says whatever he thinks. He doesn't – Yeah, it's not like he's – like lying i don't think he's actually lying i think he's saying no it could be six months it could be a month it could be five days i don't know that's kind of what it is i don't think he's going I, I let me calculatingly say let me say something so the stock market goes up maybe he is i i, I think there is i, I a, think he is uh, you do i yeah. think you're giving him more credit than i do actually i don't give him any yeah. credit i think he's just saying whatever whatever the first thing that comes to mind yep yeah no, but I was going to say, um, I think that there's, to your point, Leo, I, I agree that some of these steps are, are, are very aggressive, but I think we're trying to buy time for health officials to do things like up the amount of masks we can produce, to up the amount of disinfectant and toilet paper we can produce. Up the amount of tests to, that are available. To get tests available. So what we're trying to do right now is it's to slow down the spread of this and hopefully... 
you know, according to what my husband has told me, who works in this field, you know, if things go well, I think it's reasonable to hope we could start seeing a vaccine two years from now. So if we can slow it down enough for us to kind of get prepared, that is a reasonable course of action. So are are we going to be living like this five years from now? I really hope not. But I think it's reasonable to want to slow this down. Yeah, and I, by the way, uh, I know people are saying, okay, enough about coronavirus. Let's talk about the tech industry. There is nothing going on in the oh, tech yeah, industry. Oh, yeah, no, it's just <laughs> been coronavirus-related tech news. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be glad to talk about... and whatnot this week, and they're like, it's all coronavirus Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be thrilled to talk about the next phone, although I actually am mad at Wired because Why are you, mad at Wired? you published... Uh-oh. You, you, Paris Martin, you published a review of an insanely expensive cooking device, and uh, you, you, the review from Joe Ray, a chef, and Wired said, "What did he, the headline was something like oh this God. insane product you have to have." So I it's ordered it. It's the robotic it. equivalent of your own personal sous chef. Yes. I don't think anybody is thinking their own personal sous chef is something they have to have. Well, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, so I bought it. It's 1500 freaking bucks, but at least I'll be able to cook soup while we're quarantined. This thing is also... Did you use the affiliate link, Leo? Gotta pay for my salary. I used the affiliate link. I did. Buy now. I am not at all involved with gear posts, but <laughs> love to have a job. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it uh, bring it in on uh, Wednesday because Stacy Higginbotham on our this week in Google show. You're gonna has, cook your soylent with them? She yeah. She <laughs> has the same Jones for expensive internet connected cooking devices. Um, but I didn't gather from the review and from the picture is this thing is about the size of R two D two. Really? Yeah, it's not small. It looks doesn't it look like you could fit right on your counter? I mean, I assume that's yeah. why it's fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's uh, a big thing. And also it has gets new recipes all the time and stuff like that. And, uh, how is it better than just a um, I don't. an Instapot? You know, it kinda looks like yeah, an Instapot. An Instapot. Yeah. yeah. It kinda see I should have looked You bought it. How do you <laughs> I haven't cooked with well, it yet? It it's oh, okay. it's so elaborate that I haven't had time to set it up. Hmm. It is Okay, anyway, thank you, Wired. You're a hardcore chef. Oh I'm a gosh. sucker. No, no, no. In fact, I gave up Instagram because I bought every ninth picture. It was something I bought. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to. I literally had to give it up. I think I need a 12-step program. I, I get it. Now that I have a house, ads. my husband and I bought a house this year, and I've got an actual kitchen to fill up. I bought so many kitchen gadgets I never would have guessed, like a the top-of-the-line Instapot. I've got two food processors. I mean, it's it's tempting because, I don't know, it's like your, your, your space to do your art. Honestly, my favorite thing that I have in my kitchen is my Nespresso machine. Yeah. Got it a couple of years ago. Best <laughs> yeah. purchase I've ever made. Yep. Use it like five times a day. Yep. Very unhealthy, caffeine intake-wise, but I love it. <laughs> is it? Is it really? I think if you mix caffeine with Soylent, you get the perfect. <laughs> I used to do that, yeah. I used to, yeah. you can like pour it into oh, um, so good. a Soylent, yep. kind of shake it up. Yeah. Yep. You get the Starbucks uh, Via packets at the, at the airport. No, and that's mix instant that in coffee. There. Oh, but it's so good if you mix it with soiling because you can get like mega strong. You can get super high on all the caffeine. It's great. I'm telling you, made for campaigning. <laughs> <laughs> Running for Congress? 
via and soylent. That's all you need to know. That's it. God bless America. Here's some more coronavirus news. <laughs> Baby Yoda no. toys. Oh, oh uh -oh. no. Sad Baby Yoda. I love uh, the caption of this article, which is, you'll be fine, Baby Yoda. You're a fictional character. Your merchandise, though, oh. dot, 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 ominous. Um, uh, filing by Hasbro, <laughs> maker of the Baby Yoda toy, um, said that they're way behind in some of the most highly anticipated Mandalorian toys recently teased at the New York Toy, toy Fair. There's another event that won't be happening again for a while. Um uh, they, my coworkers, it was really nice, though. Toy Fair or toys. Baby Yoda? Yeah, Toy Fair. Oh, yeah, Toy Fair's awesome. There were a lot. Apparently, Thomas, the en train engine's coming back. He All was right. had a big show in at the Toy Fair. Right. I didn't realize he'd gone away, but... <laughs> All right. Baby Yoda waffle maker makes a Baby Yoda waffle. Um, maybe not, though, if you can't get it. So, anyway. This I'm is just, the tech news we've been reduced to. This is what we've been reduced to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, the days when I was wishing I wouldn't have to report on another Samsung phone are long gone, folks. Come on, Samsung. Give us another phone. Um, I did download Plague, Inc. You can't get it in China anymore, but I did download it because I wanted to prepare. And you know what the number one movie on iTunes this week was? Number one movie. Contagion, I bet. Yep. There That's we go. a good movie, though. Yeah. Well, it's scientifically it's a, it's accurate. It's a stressful movie. Yeah, it came out <laughs> came out nine years ago, but it is, for some reason, I don't know why, number one on iTunes now. Everybody has to watch Kate Winslet get sick and die. I'm sorry, Gl Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, Kate, too. Uh, is that a spoiler? I think if the movie's that old, it, you're, you're <laughs> you don't have to worry about spoilers. Or... I'm I'm a big believer in the one year rule. You like, know who's good in it, and it, it is a little prescient because remember this is 2011. Jude Law plays a blogger who has a fallacious <laughs> cure for the disease featured in Contagion, which is a flu. Uh, and he he he. <laughs> my favorite scenes in the movie are him walking around in a in a homemade spacesuit <laughs> putting flyers up. That is what up. the bloggers are wearing these days. Yeah, yeah. it's very bloggery. <laughs> I mean. If they, may, if they remake it, it'll be a podcaster. <laughs> we're the new, we're the bloggers, the new bloggers. Um, you know, I've, I literally, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't, I don't have anything else. There's a lot of game news this week. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah, because stay home and play <laughs> games. No, That's I exactly, bet you. There are a lot of great games out right E3 now. E3 oh is coming yeah. in June. Yeah. They haven't announced whether they're canceling it or not, right? So you've got the Final Fantasy VII remake demo, which is absolutely amazing. That game is just looking ten out of ten. Uh, you have Grand Blue Fa uh, Grand Blue Fantasy that just came out this week. That is amazing. Uh, you know, it's like it's really good time for for games. Like this can be one the of the best years. Animal Crossing hype is Animal Crossing peak. March 20th, absolutely. prepare yourself, yep. prepare your family. I've already downloaded it. Yep. Absolutely. Black Mesa just came out. Oh, that I want to do. That's the that's the remake, this? not remake, but cleaned up version of Half-Life. Well, it's oh, Half-Life really? in, 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 in the Source engine built by fans. Yeah. 
So is it the same story or is it a new story? It is the it's the game. It's the it's game. The, They've just cleaned it up so it's high quality. In the source and in the yeah. Half-Life 2 engine. I really, fans, I really want to play this. Officially by Valve. Yeah. Starting right now. Is it VR as well as? Uh, it's not. It's not, it's not VR, VR yet. But I, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they make but it. But look how VR good that version. looks. And what you know what Half Life was one of the great games of all time. So good. Yeah. So I would play Black Mesa. That looks. That that'll keep me uh, for at least the first week of quarantine. I I will play that. But looking at that as a game developer, I mean, Source Engine is really dated at this point. Oh, really? I mean, it needs an update. I I I'm trying. I see that. I don't see anything particularly impressive in that trailer oh, okay. from a technical point yes, of view. But, but fans, fans made, made it. that right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, did they have to remake all the assets, or I mean, how did they? Yes. What, what does that mean? They made it. They redrew they every rebuilt every texture, every rebuilt, retextured, wow. redid everything. That's a lot of work. I think the new Source Engine will let you do sub D levels, so you could get the old assets on it and just apply another level of subdivision on it and retexture it and have it look a lot better. That's what that looked like to me, but I could be wrong. Well, you're the you're the developer, so I trust Play you. Play it and tell us what they did. You know, <laughs> you know what else? It's a big time for websites about whether your favorite thing is canceled yet. I know. There you go. <laughs> is it canceled yet? Dot com. Last updated March sixth. I wonder if something happened to him. It got canceled. It got canceled. <laughs> is it canceled? Google I/O. Yeah. South by yeah. Microsoft build no. When is Coachella going to be canceled, guys? Well, actually, they have a funny line about Coachella. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. Oh. <laughs> what if is, you keep uh -oh. scrolling, isn't Chris Matthews on here? Uh -oh. <laughs> like, oh Chris gosh. Matthews. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Pax West, no. But yes. Chris Matthews, yes. <laughs> yep. I probably should say, by the way, I'm very sorry about Elizabeth Warren, Brianna. I'm mm. sure that that breaks your heart. It's been a hard week for a lot of uh, yeah. women, especially here in Massachusetts. Yeah. Broke my heart. I gave her thousands of dollars. <laughs> never amazing. see that money again. <laughs> I, I tell you, Leo, if you saw her in person, yeah, I've seen her at so many events in person. She is she has skills of being a retail politician that I deeply envy. And the um, pinky square, the, the 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 selfie lines. I mean, just amazing. Oh, oh. And what's really sad to me is that it's going to come down to a vote between two seven old men in their 70s. Old white men in their 70s. Can't we do better than that? Yeah. That's just pathetic. And I'm not talking about the Democrats. I'm talking about the, the November election. Yeah. Seems we could do better, but maybe not. Um, I mean, these guys are all the coronavirus uh, target age. Good point. <laughs> you know, like, and they're all uh, going to be... Um at large public events with huge crowds. Oh, jeez, Louise. You couldn't write this scenario, right? This is Yeah, like I will say during Super Tuesday, as um, coronavirus fears were uh, increasing exponentially, I was thinking, oh, God, this is at a time when so many people are in huge crowds waiting in lines together all around the nation. Well, you know what I struck me is we just we dodged a bullet at CES because there you have 180,000 people, including probably 30% from China. Yeah. Uh, and by a hair's breadth, that did not become a breeding ground. Uh, but it sure could have been. Man, people always get sick at uh, CES. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that, like getting the CES flu is, like, part of the, the, part the, of the tradition. The fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Leo, I have a tech story that doesn't have anything to do with Hold that thought. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do an ad because if I don't, we're going to be here all day. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, then we'll come back with an actual tech story. Thanks to Brianna (laughs) Wu. Oh, my goodness. Brianna's here. Oh, I forgot. There is a woman still in the, uh, in the election. Tulsi Gabbard. I completely (laughs) forgot about her. I apologize. Yes. Uh, Brianna Wu, she's running for Congress. She's present as she voted that one time. Present. That's right. Present. Present. Tulsi, Tulsi is present. Brianna Wu, candidate for U.S. Congress in the Massachusetts 8th at Brianna Wu. What is your website? Uh, it's Brianna Wu for Congress and supportbrianna.com. Thank you. Uh, also with us from Electrek and uh, 9 to 5, he's the publisher. He created all of those 9 to 5 Google, too, 9 to 5 Mac. Seth Weintraub in his attic, where he is social distancing. Yes, I'm. I'm safe. I'm hiding away. Safe in your attic. He doesn't yep. need an N95 mask. He doesn't have to shave because he's no. not going to go near anybody. Uh, also with his Paris Martineau, she is a glass blower, a pot thrower, and writer for Wired. It's great to have <laughs> you, Paris. Always great to be here. Yeah, I, lo- I always love having all three of you on. You're three of my favorite people. Our show today brought to you by Stamps.com. You know, I bet you Stamps gets a little boost from all this. Why go to the post office when you can do everything you need to do from your desk with Stamps.com? You don't even have to go out and buy anything because you have it all. Your computer, your printer, and Stamps.com, that's it. You can print real U.S. postage right from your printer. You can print postage or mailing labels for any class of mail 24 7 whenever you're in the mood any letter any package anywhere you want to send and once your mail is ready you can put it on the front porch and tell your mail carrier to pick it up or drop it in a mailbox with stamps.com by the way you the only thing it, it, time isn't the only thing you'll be saving you can they have savings you can't even get at the post office five cents off every first class stamp up to 40% off shipping rates, not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those ridiculous, expensive postage meters. No equipment to lease, no long-term commitments. Stamps.com. It saves you time and money. If you do mailing, and everybody does, we, we send a lot of mail out. We love Stamps.com. 700,000 small businesses use Stamps.com. So should you. Right now, you'll get a special offer. I love this offer. It includes a four-week trial of Stamps.com plus a bunch of free postage, and a digital scale, a USB scale, so you never have to worry that you've got the right postage. All you have to do is go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and type in twit. Stamps.com. Type in twit, click that microphone, and get an amazing offer. Stamps.com. How long have, how long have we been advertising them? I think more than a decade. I'm a big fan of stamps.com. Um, all right. A tech story that mentions in no way the coronavirus, Brianna Wu. No way whatsoever. So I don't know if uh, any of you saw this story, but I had to report to the FBI a um, intrusion attempt uh, to hack my campaign oh my and God. the webcams for my house. Um, so we there was sent a you tech- a bunch of cameras. Was it them? 
No, it wasn't that. Um, it was the Nest system there. Uh, okay. That was the so the the weak link yeah, in the chain. I think we sent you Ring system, didn't we? You did. You did. Absolutely. Right. Did you retire those Leo, after the hacks? I, I, it's a great product. It's a okay. very good. Product. Okay. Um, but you you switched um, to Nest. You know, but the Nest system. Uh, basically, I did have to report this to the FBI, and they are currently coming through all of my email addresses for that. Oh um, I want to tell everyone here. All, like everyone on the show today, you're all journalists. And um, I did go ahead and sign up for the Google highest security yes, uh, thing, that. which anyone can yeah. opt into with yeah. one of these. This is a Google Titan key. Uh, there are two of them that come along with it. So, you know, all of us here, we've got multiple accounts. It's kind of a pain in the butt to have an additional security stuff. But the truth is TFA and, you know, SMS is not the safest way to secure your email account. So I can tell you, we went through, I did this for, I did a full security audit, top to bottom. We found other intrusions. And this is a, it's a very, very good system. It's mostly painless. It's a little bit quirky if you're all on iOS. Um, and there is a, a Bluetooth component to it that's inconvenient. They have USB-C, I yes. think, right? It does have well, USB-C. I, don't, you, I yeah. do it also. They're advanced protection, yeah. and you don't have to use the Titan key. Yep, and I use don't. this as a Yuba key, the 5CI, yep. that has both uh, lightning on one end and Type-C on the other end. And yep. then you can see, I also this is on my keychain, I also carry an adapter for a Type-A. So I use yep. this key. And by the way, don't get, and Google gives you two, but don't get one key in case you lose no. <laughs> it. You can register multiple keys. Yeah. And it's probably a good idea to, to register the key you keep on your keychain yeah. and as well as the key that you put in your safe deposit box. Or I just keep it, in, I shouldn't say where, somewhere safe. <laughs> so do you know how you were hacked? So one of the things, um, I, I I just want to let the FBI do their job and not comment on it publicly. Okay. I think that's the best way to go forward there. Um, I think I will say, I, I, I feel comfortable saying this. Like most people, I have many, many different accounts. In one of my accounts, I did not put TFA on. You know, we're tech people. I'm sure all of us have like 10, 15 email accounts here. And one of the ones in the loop was, yep. was vulnerable. All it and takes is one. And that's exactly right. And I'm someone I use uh, one password. I generate the longest string that I can. Um, you've got to take this extremely seriously, especially if you have devices like uh, security cams for your house. So um, I, I guess I just wanted to say the YubiKey slash Google Titan key. It's a very, very good product. Yes. And um, I think anyone that's at a high risk of being targeted should consider this because there's a whole conversation to be had about the S7 backbone and how safe oh, it is. Cell phones and I are just, not safe, yeah, period. No, they aren't, they, that's a fact. Uh, this uh, advanced protection program is free. Uh, anybody who uses Google can use it. It's a step beyond just using an authenticator or text messaging. It uses these hardware dongles. Uh, they do, in fact, specifically say uh, anyone at risk of targeted attacks like journalists, activists, business leaders, and political campaign teams. And I think they created this in response to the DNC hack, as I remember. They did. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is this is specific. You know, you're the target, uh, yeah. but I also consider myself a target, and uh, I always use uh, hardware authentication. I just I feel like it's a great thing uh, to do. In fact, there's a ask the tech guy we did on authentication keys. Um, yeah. 
I think one of the things that was really heartening for me, Leo, is, um, you know, I dealt with the FBI a lot during Gamergate, which also involved tech policy issues. And the conversation I had with them in 2020 was night and day. And I, the impression I got is that they've had a lot of internal conversations because the level of education was stunning. Like the questions they were asking me were, have you been using a, um, a VPN? Uh, to access. And that's a pretty insightful question for the FBI to ask you, you know, because that would throw off false positives if you've been hacked. So I was just really impressed by how much better they were today than five years ago. That's encouraging. By the way, uh, Google also will let you, and this is a newer feature of advanced protection, use your phone as a physical authentication key. So um, my phone, it was one of my phones, I won't show you which one is registered as an authentication key, as well as the physical YubiKey. Uh, and that's that makes it a little bit easier. You can add yeah. external keys, but it's nice that you can use an Android or iOS uh, device, even a Mac or Windows PC. So. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. My team wanted to use that, and I just thought it... I mean, I know there are ways to get around it. Uses it uses Bluetooth, which device. isn't the most Correct. secure thing in the world. Yeah. Right. There, There's just, I, I think if you're trying to reach the highest level, if you're going to do this, do it right, yeah. basically. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And of course, uh, remember that the lowest hanging fruit in your security chain is the one hackers will attack. So if you are using, and I see this all the time with banks, especially. They'll let you use better two-factor, like an authenticator, but they always fall back to SMS, text messaging. Yeah. And that means you're no more secure than if you were just using text messaging. Yeah. If, if a hacker can say, oh, I lost my key. Oh, don't worry. We'll text you a key. That isn't good security. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry Jack, that you... SMS jacked, then uh, yeah. you can get SMS jacked. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry that that happened to you, Brandon. And I'm glad that the FBI's working on it. And I hope they catch well, it. Was, do they it think was it was an a, awkward... Yeah, sorry. Go do ahead, they think please. it was a state actor? They they haven't said either way. I, I don't know. Um, it was a real gut check moment for me, especially talking publicly about it, because... I'm obviously running on a cybersecurity platform, and it's it's frankly embarrassing that, you know, I, I know what the best course of action is. I talk about it all the time, and to have made a stupid mistake and to still have been... Oh, no, 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 no. You know, Don't, beat up, Don't beat up well, on I'm yourself. Don't beat up on yourself. Well, I'm just... I, but I thought it was the right thing to do to come forward and say, look, this happened to me. This is something yes. all campaigns need to take seriously. I'm not even an elected official yet, and I'm being targeted. The thing so, to remember is... There are really two kinds of attacks in the world. There are general phishing attacks. Those are much easier to defend against. If you're a target, you it is very difficult. And ultimately, if you're a target of a state actor, you pr- it's almost impossible, to be honest. Um, yeah. Brianna is the target of a variety of, as, as you may remember or may know already, she was a, one of the targets of Gamergate. So... You have lots of enemies. I'm sorry. I do. I had the best enemies. The, well, I would say the worst, the creepiest anyway. And uh, so I'm really sorry that happened. And you can't, yeah, you can't assume it was political or uh, or nation. I, I have good reason to believe it was it was political it by was. nature. Okay. Yeah. Don't say too much. Investigation I'm, ongoing. I'm, I look forward to reporting on a future This Week in Tech that they got them. <laughs> They're taking them all in. They're hauling them all in. Actually, there is a related story because uh, uh, Patrick Wardle, who is a former NSA 
hacker, a white hat hacker, and now does uh, security for Jamf, which is a big Apple um, uh, consultant. Uh, it also writes some of the best. I really like his security utilities for Macintosh. Uh, showed how at the RSA conference how easy it is to repurpose nation state malware as just a little guy hacker. He uh, he actually demonstrated uh, uh, that the problem is you see this nation state stuff, and he was using NSA exploits, which were exfiltrated. Um, the problem with these is that once they're out, uh, anybody can weaponize them and use them for ransomware. We know that Eternal Blue, one of the NSA's uh, um, exploits, was used for NotPetya and WannaCry. And so he talked a little bit about how easy it is to use these nation-state malware then to execute second-stage payloads. And yeah. he should I should point out that uh, this was on Macs. So those of you saying, oh, no, well, at least I'm on a Macintosh, I'm safe. No. Uh, no, I it can, uh, it can hit. This is a really scary story, Leo. Yeah. I mean, this is like someone getting a, a tank, like a, a weapon made by our, our government and using it against people or having the potential to do that. And I think it it speaks to the fact that I think as a matter of policy, we don't need to be stockpiling zero days. We need a very specific policy to make Microsoft, Apple, different operating system people aware of this so they can start patching it. And I think as a nation, we need to start developing a process to make sure our schools, our hospitals, our financial institutions are are are, are incentivized to update their software because you know, like this is out there. And you see how easy it is from this story. And it's something where we basically we have the coronavirus playbook here. It does kind of raise the question of, uh, as we see more and more nations uh, pursuing backdoors in encryption, it, it points. It's mere. It's not merely the use of malware. It's that these these uh, uh, police authorities can't really be trusted to hold on to these things. That they yeah. escape. It's almost yeah. impossible not to have them escape. Yeah, yeah. If there's a backdoor, uh, bad guys are going to get it eventually. And, you know, I think some people I hear, um, I mean, I don't think the United States necessarily needs to say we're not going to be developing cyber weapons. I mean, well, that's the question. They, right. uh, yeah. How do you not do that? I mean, isn't that right. the new war is cyber warfare? It's not. I, I think, you know, I, I think it's an area of of national security we need to look at very closely. I, I think a ban would be very counterproductive, but we've clearly what I want to see is us emphasize the defensive aspects of it more because it feels like we're we're thinking more about the offensive and how we're going to target other people and get their data. But because we've thought so little about the defensive aspects of that, you know, as people like you and I, we're paying the price. So I, I just think there's a very serious discussion we need to have. It's in a way a very similar discussion in nuclear proliferation, where it's uh, exactly the same. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, we decided, uh, uh, you know, we can't not have nuclear weapons, and I think you could probably make the case that the doctrine of mutually assured destruction is what kept us from getting in a nuclear war in the fifties and sixties, because the Soviet Union knew that to launch an attack in the United States was to, in, in effect, commit suicide. But that does not justify the proliferation of nuclear weapons. If they exist, eventually they become more dangerous. And so you have to balance the two, and it's very difficult. Yeah. I, I, don't, I really don't know. I, 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 that's the risk of cyber warfare, 
is uh, escalation could be devastating to both sides. I mean, not yeah. in the same way a nuclear war would be, but still. But I mean, look at Stuxnet, right? Like we had we had these nuclear reactors, and someone could have gone in and you know bombed it or sent a, a special forces team in there, and people would have gotten killed. Instead, someone developed a cyber weapon. You shut that down remotely, and I mean, I think there's a it, it worked, and I. I, I don't want to take options like that off the table. I just think that I think that we've really got to have a, a process that people stick to for updating their software. And I feel very, very strongly that stockpiling zero days is a reckless thing for any security agency to be doing. Because, yes, maybe you can use it on other countries, but you're also leaving the American people unsafe. So I, I think that we need to really change our policies on that. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so cheerful. Uh, I could bring up Crypto AG, which is the, the supposedly Swiss uh, company creating uh, cryptography tools. Turned out it was owned by the CIA and the German secret <laughs> service whoops. just all good news this oh week. whoops made millions of dollars selling equipment to more than 120 countries all of which by the way was compromised by the cia and the uh and the uh was it the bnd the dgrd i can't remember the uh the oh german uh secrets intelligence um and i i can't find the story but somebody <laughs> was really pissed off and about like to sue because because they bought all these gear and it turned out the CIA was listening and the BND. Thank you. <laughs> Great. It's a good audit uh, argument for code auditing and open source right there. Oh yeah. My gosh. I've said this for years, but now it's true. Never use a, a crypto tool that isn't open source. <laughs> yes, I agree. Especially if it's from the CIA. <laughs> uh, so Apple has been criticized for using... Notice, push notifications to promote their own products. We did a story a couple of weeks ago about how Apple was advertising their own products, in fact, being essentially an annoying ad platform on the iPhone. Yeah, that's getting really bad. It really is, isn't it? You can't use yeah. Apple Music without being, you know, told you need to buy this. Right. Well, apparently... Um, it's about Apple, to get a lot worse. It's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> Apple uh, had developer guidelines that said you cannot send ads via push notifications, right? We can do it, but you can't. Uh, developers were doing it, but now it's okay. Apple updated its developer guidelines this week uh, and saying as long Here's as users opt in, it's okay. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about this. Since uh, 2016, at least, I've had my phone on do not disturb mode. Silence is all. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Haven't taken it off four years. Would highly recommend it. I did that if because of you, Paris. In contact with you right now. They can call you. You can have it so that put calls will go through or right. certain apps will go through. Or you could say if just really... my starred favorites will yeah. go through and then I don't have to hear from anybody. That's fine. Yeah. Other than that, you can... Get a notification when you open your phone to look at it. It will be there waiting for you. Isn't that awesome? I think it was you that I think you said that you were doing this. I don't. Maybe you wrote. Did you write an article about it? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I said that's brilliant. Just leave it on all the time. Yeah, leave it on. Never turn it off. 
your life will change. It was it was a you I owe you brilliant thought. And you can say if it's person. In fact, this is what I do. If a person is in my contacts, they can ring through. So that way, I don't get any robocalls. I, I unfortunately I don't get calls from my doctor, but I don't really want to hear from him anyway. You can just call them back. <laughs> yeah, and if they're that's what I figure. If it's important, you'd leave a message. Mm -hmm. uh, Leo, the test results are in. Maybe you should call me. You've been drinking. Then you can just read that on your voicemail because it's <laughs> oh. automatically written in text and then give them a call back. Yeah, yeah. just a little ice. It looks like you've been drinking a lot of Soylent lately. <laughs> it's very chunky. Perhaps expired. Uh, have you been drinking expired Soylent, Leo? Because your blood chemistry is a little strange. Yeah, I think the idea of uh, ads, and it's bad enough, but ads and push notifications is going to be very annoying. I guess they have to ask your permission. But uh, but at the moment, I mean, that's that's how they're going to bring it in. Right. At first, they have to ask your permission and then it's going to reverse where you have to opt out. And then eventually you'll just be stuck with it. Why would Apple that's do that? Money. Apple's. A, oh. Apple's Why a does anybody put ads anywhere? <laughs> money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, money. Let's do an ad. Uh, speak, <laughs> speaking of Pop money. Up. Speaking of money, we got a little ad. Do we have it? We have a promo, right? Oh, never mind. I don't have to do an ad, but I'll do one anyway. Our show today brought to you by FreshBooks. This is actually an ad for something I used for many years. I was a freelancer going up to Canada doing the TV show up there, but I hated invoicing. Who doesn't, right? You know when you get bills, end of the month, you got to pay them. I hate that. Well, it turns out making the bills is just as much of a pain. I found FreshBooks. My life changed. It makes it easy to create invoices and put the expenses in there. There's a great FreshBooks app. You can take a picture of receipts. They're automatically added to the invoice. And here's the amazing thing. When you do your invoices and your expenses through FreshBooks, it turns out you're doing bookkeeping without even thinking about it. Now, tax time's coming up, but if you're a FreshBooks user, you're you're feeling pretty sharp, pretty smart. All your numbers are in one place. You've got They've got tax-friendly categories. Everything has a place. You can instantly create reports that you can use or your bookkeeper or your accountant can use to file your taxes. It's amazing. You could track business expenses. You can even connect your bank account or credit card to FreshBooks. It'll automatically update with your recent spending. You don't even have to enter anything. Snap a picture of a receipt, log it, either add it to the invoice if you or not, but FreshBooks will keep things organized for you in the cloud. You could keep your project spending on track. Yes, projects are in FreshBooks. You can bill your client for expenses, mark those business expenses as billable or not billable, add a markup if you want, automatically put them in the invoice. It makes tax time simple. FreshBooks is awesome. It's easy. It's, I dare say, fun, and it integrates with everything you use already. So it's just going to make your life a lot easier. Look, spend less time doing books, more time doing what you started that business for. And when tax time comes around, you can smile. Use FreshBooks to save time and get everything organized. You'll be so happy on April 15th. Your accountant will thank you too. FreshBooks.com slash twit. If you put this week in tech in the how did you hear about us section, you'll get 30 days free. FreshBooks.com slash twit. And we love you, FreshBooks. We thank you for your continued support for many years of this show. But you, a listener, can support us too by using that special URL. FreshBooks.com slash twit. Oh, by the way, for a limited time, FreshBooks is offering 50% off for your first three months when you sign up for a paid plan. 
This is for new customers only. You can't combine offers, but this is a great deal. First three months, 50% off. Freshbooks.com slash twit. Thank you, Freshbooks. Uh, apparently, one of the complaints I've had for a long time, and I'm not alone, a lot of people complain about the fact that YouTube's recommendation engine just pushes you to extremism. Well, there's been some research that indicates maybe YouTube is getting better. A study published by the University of California last month says that 40, a 40% 40 reduction in the likelihood of YouTube suggesting conspiracy theory content. <laughs> okay, maybe they're not helping you not be a terrorist, but at least you're not thinking the world is flat when you, when you do it. Uh, they analyzed 8 million recommended videos over the course of a year. Hundreds of conspiracy and non-conspiracy videos so they could determine which was which. And then they ran those, uh, those programs. Um, it turned out that the, watching the videos wasn't that useful. The transcripts, the metadata, and the comments, the top 200 comments of each video, really helped you determine whether eh, this video is a little nutty. I can tell from the comments. I mean, overall, I guess this is, of course, good news. But I think something that's important to keep in mind here is that the recommendation algorithm plays a very minor role in these sort of things as much as people like to attribute all of radicalization through YouTube to something like the recommendation algorithm. A lot of research has come out in the past year um, that – indicates that that's not really the case. What is and a it bit then? More Why a, is YouTube I mean, a hotbed so for extremism? I spoke to um, some researchers in, um, what was it, October of last year, um, who had worked on this really interesting study um, that was kind of going over a lot of the different research that had been done on um, online extremism on YouTube. And they also did a lot of their own. And they found that it's not really the recommendation algorithm that is playing. Um the largest role in this radicalizing rabbit hole, but it is the communities themselves that form around um, extremist like content. And those communities that are pushing users farther and farther into the rabbit hole from interacting with others who believe in these kind of views, as well as if you've ever um, Beck, the researcher Becca Lewis at Stanford has had some really interesting work on this subject in particular um, kind of, her number one piece is um, called Alternative Influence, which is like a fantastic guide if anybody ever wants to read academic papers about this. But it kind of speaks to how the, the reason that this community, these communities are getting worse and worse and people are increasingly radicalized by them is because they cross-populate. If you're watching a video from one kind of milder YouTube star in this sphere, he'll be a guest on somebody who's more extreme uh, or other people will be a guest on their show and they kind of all connect in ways that are much more much more difficult to track and get a handle on than and attribute this all to than just saying oh, it's the that's bad news because it's it means news. youtube can't fix it yeah, no, it's bad news because the problem is systemic and is much, much harder to fix, and it's never going to be as easy as saying, well, why doesn't YouTube fix the, the recommendation But I'd, I'd really rather blame YouTube. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be a lot easier? I mean, YouTube <laughs> certainly still has a lot of, of role and blame to play here. Yeah. I'm never going to be an apologist for tech platforms, but the issue so is a lot bigger. Radicalization, it turns out, happens the old-fashioned way. People yeah. radicalizing one another. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I think and I just want to say 
anecdote is not data, right? But my my experience with this is I watch a lot of videos on gamer culture, on car repair, on on those kinds of subjects, things that are kind of tangential to you know, some like gamer culture has a bit of an extremism problem. And right. I, I certainly in the past have been watching the, the YouTube algorithm and it's recommended somebody to me that's just not someone I I want to be listening to at all. Um, and I've, I've certainly seen that decrease over the last few years. And, you know, Paris, I agree with you, but I think I, I think the worry with this is you have people that are or maybe watching, say, a, you know, like a video from IGN or something like that, and suddenly find themselves watching, you know, one of these far fringe right people that talk about uh, gamer culture. And I do think that shows up in the recommendation algorithm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. And I've seen that anecdotally myself. But I think just something that is interesting to think about is that, I mean, there one have been no studies that specifically say or have ever been able to prove that the recommendation algorithm is the key thing that is radicalizing people here. Um, and of course, it has certainly played a large role in introducing people to new content. But the th- like, there are so many different factors and forces behind um, the radicalization rabbit hole that people fall into on YouTube. And it is a much bigger and more complicated and difficult to handle problem than just the recommendation algorithm, which means that our response and any possible solutions are going to have to um, attack it from 70 sides rather than one. Well, one thing YouTube has done, and we knew it would do this, we just didn't understand the consequences, is democratize uh, speech. Used to be there were gatekeepers, and you couldn't get a radio show or a TV show unless you got past the gatekeepers or a New York Times article. Uh, YouTube made it possible for anybody to make videos, and many of these people have found an audience and have a, 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 a voice that they might not have had if YouTube didn't exist. And is, they're able to make money from it. It can even get monetized. Thing, is that, yeah. I mean, so that's one thing that these researchers at Penn State had found in a study that I covered in uh, October, which I thought was really interesting, is that what they see is one of the um, primary reasons why um, a lot of far-right radicalization has happened due to YouTube is because there is the platform has allowed for a massive increase in supply specifically of these sort of alternative influencing media figures in this specific area because previously like you said media used to just be the domain of people who had access to a fancy studio and um, a bunch of screens for other people to sit around them well, and talk and more to importantly, and record a corporate, podcast. Corporate America got to say yeah. who got to speak and who didn't, and they made damn sure no crazies got, or they tried anyway, to make damn sure And no now crazies. anybody who has a phone hey, or a computer, anybody. they can make YouTube Which videos. Which isn't inherently is, bad. I think free speech is But it just means that you're going, good. it's great. I mean, that we've all had this opportunity, but it means that you're going to have this giant outpouring of content and people who want certain types of perhaps more extreme content have the pick of the bunch there is something interesting with youtube that puzzles me a little bit coming from mainstream traditional media there is a affinity there's a power that youtube has that even transcends the intense power of television in general television can make stars by bringing somebody's face and personality into your living room and it has made massive stars but it seems to me YouTube can do that too, and maybe even more so. 
And you go all all you have to do is go to VidCon, and it, by the way, it's not just YouTube anymore. It's TikTok, it's uh, Instagram. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the all whole of thing the about, that media. we're talking about in is regards there, to influencer culture. It's yeah, let that, me ask you though: Isn't that um, something different than celebrity in you know the mid-century? Absolutely. I mean, and it's because um, the way that people generally and we kind of think about other people's postings on social media and the way we kind of interact with it, it seems more authentic. It seems more intimate ah. that you are watching somebody maybe from an early day when they were just like you, just had a couple hundred followers on YouTube, a couple hundred subscribers. You can still have thousands, the illusion you know? that PewDiePie is talking directly to me. When you're watching, yeah. you know, Jimmy Fallon on the network, there's no sense of, oh yeah, this is my guy as much as when you're yeah, watching. Yeah, no, it's clearly professionalism. There's that wall, that corporate right. wall, but on YouTube, you know, you're seeing this person tweet. You follow along with their Snapchat videos. Yeah. I, are, I see it a little differently, though. I think it's more about hyper-segmentation. I mean, I remember when I first started uh, you know, watching and listening to your network, Leo, it was about a hyper-segmentation of the tech audience that corporate tech coverage was missing. And I think YouTube has really accelerated this hyper-segmentation. I love Nerf rival guns. I have all of them and I get into battles with my husband constantly with them. There are channels out there that focus on Nerf rival content. There are channels out there that go, hey, are you a feminist gamer that want news and coverage about classic games starring women characters? Hey, let's bring out this cool feminist woman that's going to have, and there's a whole lot of channels about there. So I think it's about hyper segmentation. And, I think and the world is, is such a big yeah. place Right. That even if you're that's him, that's Coop. I e love Coop. Even if, great. Even if you're very, <laughs> 1.2 million subscribers. Even if you're very what? narrow, like this crazy nerf. It's not even just nerf guns in general. It's this very specific kind of right. nerf. Yeah. You can right. have a million and a quarter followers of and have a, an outsized voice. Yes. <laughs> but I think but some of those subgroups do lend themselves more towards these extremist views. And that's where I think it gets into the algorithm, because I've seen this in gamer culture. Right. I love Japanese RPGs. That is <laughs> a genre that doesn't always treat women super well. And some of the people covering that have comments and attitudes towards women. And then suddenly I find myself being offered these fringe you know, channel personalities over here. And I, I could very easily see someone kind of falling into that rabbit hole. So I think I think it's less about the celebrity and more about the hyper-segmentation and the culture that kind of uh, blooms around that. Yeah. Well, it's both. There is yeah. an intimacy. You know Coop, and you yeah. feel a relationship with Coop much more <laughs> so than you would if he were on Channel 9, right? I right. mean, definitely. He he's in your... There's something different about... By the way, this video which came out three years ago has 5.3 million views and is monetized very simply through an amazon affiliate link to rival blasters i yep. bet you he's made a lot of money on he's this. done very well are there in yep. line was there a pre-roll ad for that video uh you know i'm on youtube red or whatever they call it premium so i don't oh, see ads oh. there probably is though but there's probably an Pro ad on it but even more important to him probably is the amazon <laughs> affiliate link Although I notice YouTube has just recently said, yeah, we're going to let these people work with advertisers in, you know, products directly. I think they want to get a cut of it because they're not getting a cut right now, the Amazon affiliate link. 
Well, I mean, YouTube a couple of years ago bought the main um, platform used by YouTubers to kind of do influencer partnerships, Famebit, which now your kind of two main options if you're a YouTube influencer who wants to make money in one of these ways is to do pre and post roll ads to monetize your video, or you can partner with Famebit and whoever wants to can, um, like different companies can offer you products to partner with it sell so, on your site and then youtube gets a cut of whatever you make exactly. from that sale yeah uh, brianna do you have a uh, a nemesis i do i have two of them <laughs> <laughs> my husband has one and i have one and i i would tell you it's a is good this the secret to learning to a yeah, good go marriage is look at this gun yes. this is this this is the secret to a good marriage this thing oh my god how many <laughs> what, oh, is that this is outdated at this point oh yeah it's like this, this yeah, it's, it's that like only lotto. fires about three rounds a second. The modern ones will fire about ten rounds a second. Is that so, ping pong balls? What? What, are, what are you shooting yes. there? Uh, little foam balls. Foam balls. Yep. This is not your grandpa's nerf. Lotto balls no. out of there. <laughs> it looks like a lotto ball. Have you built yeah. a caliburn? I have not. No. Uh, my son. My son built a, a caliburn. I, I got oh him a kit goodness. for his birthday. So. Um, wow. Does he shoot you with that? Yeah, it's it's quite painful. <laughs> they have a whole 3d printer culture that's that's sprung up out of nerf guns so you will like get additional hoppers to it and flywheels and lipo batteries it's 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 a fascinating subculture is it a nerf this caliburn yes it's a custom built uh nerf it's like a oh, uh, uh it's basically like a rail gun a nerf <laughs> Okay, now I want to get into this. Oh my gosh! Does it have to be pink? No. <laughs> this poor guy has eighty-three subscribers and four hundred eighty-nine views. What there. is he doing wrong? A little consultation here. <laughs> uh, Leo, next time I come to your studio, I'm going to bring my Prometheus. I'm going to bring my Perseus, and we'll just have a whole battle in your studio. It'll be great. Where do you get a, a Cal- Caliburn kit, Karsten? <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying yeah, to say Caliburn kit, um, Karsten, three times fast. Yeah, ca- <laughs> yeah, he'll appear. Watch out, he'll steal your... By the way, he will... <laughs> he'll steal your I got, mine, I got mine from uh, Captain Slug on Etsy. <laughs> um, if you show my... We do oh, live in a very odd world where these little tiny niches... Can completely thrive Where because Captain Slug is having ten thousand nine hundred and seventy nine sales. Yeah, yep. exactly. Oh, Captain Slug is low tier. Like you want to get high tier, you talk to Out of Darts. Like, <laughs> but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think this is a great yeah. thing, right? Yeah, these are yeah, all people that have three D printer factories in their home, and they instead run them instead of yeah. a handful of platinum artists. Yep. You have thousands of gold artists, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of you know a small number of people getting filthy rich, you have a number. Well, we still have that. You still have. <laughs> hey, here you know what? Here's some good news: the music industry revenues actually went up 13 percent last year, to the highest they've been since 2006, 11 billion dollars. And why? Music. Streaming. This is the thing that the music industry was decrying a few years ago. Oh, no, Spotify is going to kill our business. No, it's been very good. In fact, 
Senior Vice President of Research at the RIAA, Josh Friedlander, says the music industry today is healthier than it has been in more than a decade. Revenue from streaming services are more than offsetting decreases in physical sales and digital downloads. It's hard to overstate the impact streaming music has had on the music industry. Well, I guess, yeah, there's also to consider that people are less likely to pirate Right. music now that you can just stream I've it. I've always said this. It's about point of access. They pirate because it was hard and expensive to get. But now you, you pay five bucks a month or ten bucks a month and you have 60 million songs. You don't need to pirate. And guess yeah. what? Everybody wins. What's also interesting is that somebody like Little Nas X, who doesn't have a contract, nobody ever heard of, can put something on SoundCloud or Billie Eilish and suddenly become a huge star. So it's not all bad. It's not all good. It's interesting. It's just a, it's a different world. And I think sometimes people of my generation, I'll say it, we boomers, look at this brave new world and we don't get it. It's so strange. It's so different. It looks so threatening that what we do is we say, well, they're creating terrorists. And really, it's much more complex than that. <laughs> There's positives, right? Yep. Okay. I, I would say that I've I've um, discovered at least twenty five new artists in the past two weeks, just Ooh. just from things that that uh, Madame A good has, for music. has recommended yeah. to me. And then there's uh, the democratic socialism simulator. <laughs> <laughs> this wow, is, this is a game. Uh, Windows, Linux, Mac OS, and uh, Android. No iOS, weirdly enough. Um, hmm. The Democratic Socialism Simulator lets you play as the first socialist president of the United States. Can you redistribute power and wealth while addressing the climate crisis? I don't. They've got to have an update for coronavirus. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get the DLC, that's DLC. Yeah, the coronavirus yeah, DLC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought so much. I want to do a game at one point called Woman Politician Simulator. <laughs> about all oh, you should. Choices. You have to make you every should. single That'd be really good. Build this game. Oh Don't smile. You should smile yeah, yeah, yeah. more. You gotta, you gotta take this off the record. You can't yep. talk about it. Someone's gonna steal your idea. Yep. That's yep. brilliant. Someone asks you about gender bias. Do you say anything? Do you not say anything? You're That's screwed brilliant. either you way. You can't win. <laughs> yeah. It's the game you can't win. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about how long you can survive. Oh, that's right. You will, you will be booted out a 70 year old white man will take your place but how long can you survive yep and you know who knew that tulsi gabbard would be the cockroach of the democratic primary wow. <laughs> you just stay under the under the radar right it's a uh, lot in the crawl space <laughs> this is wild did you see this three hundred sixty thousand dollars for the Nintendo PlayStation. <gasps> yes. It never came to market. Is that right? I don't know anything about this. I, I oh, okay. Well, let oh me explain, gosh. or let yeah. Brianna explain this. Yeah, Brianna no, probably no, no. knows can, something. I mean, about I could tell you all about it. Tell, tell us all all about it, Brianna. Okay. Okay. So um, he stole my was, uh, he stole my toilet. You better talk. <laughs> There's an alternate history where the Sony PlayStation never came out. 
and Nintendo dominated the optical drive space. So uh, after the Super Nintendo era, Sony was working with a partnership with Nintendo to put out a new type of system based with optical media to get around the uh, the low storage space of that maybe era. Maybe you young people right. don't remember, but in the right. old days, we didn't have CDs or DVDs right. for games. We had cartridges, and you'd right. blow in it. <laughs> And you put it in, and that was how you played on an NES with a cartridge. Right. It, it was very memory limited or very, uh, yeah, very. The games are very primitive as a result. Very, very expensive to produce. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of famous cartridge uh, shortages because of that. So anyway, long story short, Nintendo ended up going with the N64 with the partnership with Silicon Graphics. And then Sony had this technology with the optical drive, ended up um, bringing a whole marketing team just as Sega was imploding, Blake uh, Blake uh, uh, Blake J. Harris did a great book about this called Console Wars. Oh, I so love basically, that book. I love oh, it's that amazing. Book. So yeah. this is they swooped in, and this particular device is the it's like a, a relic of this lost history because if Nintendo had gone ahead, Sony would not be as dominant today as they are. A lot of people feel, uh, you know, Palmer Lucky, we're friends on Facebook. He was bidding like crazy on this, trying to get it. So I was rooting for him, uh, but ended up this guy got it for a uh, 360. Uh, yeah. He's going to put it in a museum. A lot of people expected this to go for like three quarters of a million dollars. So this is actually, low compared to I what I blame Palmer expected. Lucky for not having any guts. He could have beat it up. He's <laughs> got is. the money. Yeah. If if sure Nintendo does. had not gone forward with this had gone had gone forward with this design, there yep. would be no PlayStation. Yep. This is this is it's, why the PlayStation exists. It's labeled yep. Sony PlayStation. It yep. was Nintendo it was, PlayStation. Well, see, there's a Sony label on it. It is the Nintendo PlayStation, but look, it says Sony, Sony. But this is a prototype. Maybe the production would not have been labeled that way. Uh, it was found inside a box of stuff once <laughs> owned by former Sony Entertainment CEO Olaf Olafsson. The company uh, that he was working at went bankrupt. Uh, this stuff was auctioned off. Uh, a guy named Terry Diebold acquired it in the auction. He's been taking it around to conventions for years. He finally decided to sell it at an auction. This prototype has never before been uh, offered. So it's historic, but it's not a product that ever was made. Nintendo PlayStation, $360,000. That's, that's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. What year was that? Do we know? 96, 95. Yeah. No, you know, it's easy to say, you know, the revisionist history. And I bet you there's already an Amazon pilot being made. But uh, <laughs> With Nazis, probably. With Nazis, certainly Somehow. with Nazis, because it's no good if there's no Nazis. Nazis are the new vampires, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, but there's no guarantee. We've seen a lot of, you know, oh, this would have been the next big thing. Go by the wayside. I remember from that era, tons of uh, Atari Lynx. The 3DO. Remember all these? There were a lot of great games. The 3DO was awesome. Well, it didn't have the software to, to last That's a pretty term. good game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved playing it, but it didn't... It, never, it was just too expensive. Maybe that was it. Yeah. They're about to re-release the uh, PC Engine, uh, also known as the TurboGrafx-16. That's getting a Super Nintendo-style uh, mini cartridge that's coming out. I'm really excited about that because I could never afford one of those. Yeah. 
Uh, you all you all survived daylight saving time. You showed up an hour early, but you were all here. Um, there were a lot of all caps emails sent out about were. this. Yes, were there, there were. the time. Car- Thank you, Karsten. I'm gonna I'm gonna rat on Karsten. And let you know he sent what was it three all caps emails warning us about daylight saving. I think time? he'd had a little too much of that coffee soylent. <laughs> I can uh, neither it confirm worked. nor deny. But let me tell you something. This is bad. Spring daylight saving time transition acutely increases fatal traffic accidents each year on the Monday following by 6%. In other words, 28 lives could be prevented yearly if they abandoned daylight saving time. Great. Heart attacks go up. Lots of problems associated with daylight saving time. This is from Current Biology was published a few days ago a chronobiological evaluation of the acute effects of daylight saving time on traffic accident risk i feel very strongly we need to get rid of it marco rubio was tweeting about this yesterday saying he wants to get rid of if it if you get elected make that promise to me absolutely i i swear it is the worst i hate it and it needs to go so you know how bad it is i it. think yeah. if president trump were able to reverse this i might he might even get my vote <laughs> forget all the rest of it he he fixed daylight saving time but the Does problem it, i don't want to get rid of daylight saving time i want to make that the which would you make the standard daylight saving daylight or savings standard? time should be the standard this should be the standard what we are right now yeah, yeah. what if there was just one universal time like ah! gmt I'm into so, that. I hate time zones. They ruin my life daily. All of my, most of my office works in San Francisco. So I'm constantly calculating what time it is here versus there. And then I'll be calling someone because my whole job is just to right. call people. And I'm like, God, what time is it? Half of my day is spent Googling what time is it in city name here. I hate it. Get rid right, of time I would just, <laughs> I would just get used to waking up at 10 or three or whatever time. We agree. We as a world agreed to, and it would just be in New York. You wake up at three, and that's kind of radical. But I'm into I, it. I, it's an interesting idea. People I'm would say, "I, I am not going to get up at all." Two hundred complex. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we could just start using GMT and and go go from there. Like I'm going to do it. Just start using GMT. I'm going to use universal coordinated time from now on. <laughs> It is 2300 UTC. Bong. I think that's a good idea. I'm going to start it right now. There should right. be a setting on every digital watch. You could just say, I'm just going to use UTC. It probably is. I want to make a, that's a good idea. Let me see in my iPhone if I can make it UTC. <laughs> just change my. Leo is how many hours late for every <laughs> subsequent. It's not my fault. I'm, I'm on UTC. It's not my fault. I'm doing the right thing. I'm changing the world. Where would I change that? In general, probably, right? Date and time. Time zone. There it is. My time zone is now UTC. Yeah. There you go. It's 11.33 p.m. No, no, no. I, don't, I want 24-hour time. At least, you know, we're going to do that. It's 23.33. So that that's GMT, right? That's the same as same as GMT. We don't yeah. say GMT anymore, Seth. Right. Sorry, Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> that's very English centric, Anglo centric. 
right? Oh, oh my goodness. By the way, universal, UTC is an abbreviation for nothing. There's no language in the world that it would actually be UTC. Hmm. No. <laughs> it's not French. It's, it's not, not look universal it up on time code? No. Look it up on uh, Wikipedia. They explain the whole thing. It's actually made up. It's a made up abbreviation because nobody could agree. It stands for coordinated universal time. But nobody could agree on what the abbreviation would be. You know, so me... it's universal time coordinated? Yeah, but that's no language in the... The, the French... Okay. <laughs> the official abbreviation of UTC and the official English name of coordinated universal time, CUT, along with the French equivalent, were not adopted until 1967. Um... But it's not an abbreviation. There's no language where UTC is actually the abbreviation. The official abbreviation for coordinated universal time is UTC. The abbreviation rose from a desire by the ITU and the International Astronomical Union to use the same abbreviation in all languages. English speakers proposed cut. French speakers proposed tuck. For temps universel coordonné, the compromise that emerged was utuck. <laughs> It's not something that is good for nothing. Good for nobody. That's that's compromise in a nutshell. If nobody's happy, it's a good compromise. And I guess that's a good, you know, segue into like one time for everybody. Like it's going to be crappy for a lot of people for a little bit, right. but overall, it's great. It's it's uh, basically the Esperanto of times. Exactly, a language no one speaks, no one likes, but at least it's universal. Right. I'm into it. I like it. I just Give set my watch. Everything I have is now UTC. We'll see how <laughs> we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I don't think my wife's gonna like it when I set all the clocks to UTC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, set that, John. Every clock now is gonna be set to UTC. It's all because of you, Seth Weintraub. I blame you. All right. Our show today brought to you by Wasabi, not the uh, green stuff on your sushi, no. But it is hot. It's hot cloud storage, W-A-S-A-B-I, the perfect solution for anybody who's moving to the cloud. If you're a managed service provider, you're going to love this because you can earn more while charging less. Yes, Wasabi's 80% less expensive than Amazon S3. And it's a lot cheaper than on-prem storage. In fact, typically you can store data in Wasabi's cloud for less than just the annual cost of the maintenance fees on on-prem storage, let alone the storage itself. Wasabi's disruptive price performance model makes buying cloud storage a natural addition. I talk to more and more people all the time who are using Wasabi. For a lot of reasons, it's not just less expensive, it's better. 11 nines of durability. Your, they have active integrity checking. Every object stored in your Wasabi cloud is checked for integrity every 90 days. And because Wasabi uses multiple tier 4 data centers that are highly secure and fully redundant. If any, if one bit goes south during that integrity check and they pull a, a good version of the file from another one of the data centers, you never lose one single bit. Access control mechanisms like bucket policies and ACLs can be used to protect your data from employees. And here's another nice feature that will protect your data from ransomware. You can designate your data immutable. It cannot be erased it cannot be altered. It cannot be hacked. And no fumble finger employee can delete it. HIPAA compliant, FINRA compliant, CJIS compliant. I should really start with all the good stuff. 
This is the best cloud storage. And then I should mention, oh, and by the way, one-fifth the cost of Amazon S3. And no fees for egress. That saves you money. It's the same API as Amazon's S3, so you already know how to use it. But they don't charge for API requests. No complex storage tiers. In every way, this is superior to any other cloud you've ever seen. But, of course, it's an uphill battle because everybody says, well, I, you know, I just use AWS. No, you need to check out Wasabi. Calculate the savings for yourself. You can do it right now. In fact, a free unlimited trial for you at wasabi.com. Use the offer code TWIT. Unlimited storage. You just bang on that thing. Free trial, one month, unlimited. Use the offer code TWIT. Wasabi is amazing. And I and I have to say, I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little biased because it was started by one of my good friends, David Friend, and he's just done an amazing job with this. This is such a great product. More and more people are discovering Wasabi, shouldn't you? Wasabi.com. Use the offer code TWIT so they know you heard it here. It's now uh, <laughs> I don't know midnight. Uh, yeah, it's 23.38. That means it's almost midnight, I think. You know, if I do it that way, then that way I, will, I won't just look at it and go, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's midnight. I'll know it's 23.8 UTC. Brilliant. Brilliant. SETI at home is over. What? Now you can protein fold at home. Yeah, I tried that. My fans never turned off, so I decided not to do that. <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to help search for the cure to the coronavirus, but it, the fans never turned off. Um, this is something that started back in the 90s. The Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, SETI at Home. The idea was there are lots of people with computers. You could put a screensaver or a background program on your computer, and it'll just steal a few cycles, and it'll look through the vast amounts of data collected by radio telescopes looking for intelligence signals in there. On Tuesday, researchers at the Berkeley SETI Research Center announced that's it, it's over, they're going to stop distributing SETI at home at the end of the month. Did they find anything? No. So far, uh, the researchers at Berkeley have only been able to analyze small portions of the SETI at home data uh, because they had too much. <laughs> There's too... <laughs> Stop already. So it was a great success, I guess. Um, I used that on all my computers for I years. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the Arecibo Radio Telescope in Puerto Rico uh, collects terabytes of data all the time. At its launch... Uh, within months of launch, according to Wired, uh, more than 2.6 million people in 226 countries were volunteering their computers. 25 trillion calculations a second. More powerful than the best supercomputer in the world at the time. So do you do folding at home, Seth? No, uh, I did Bitcoin at home for a little bit. but <laughs> Did you make any money? No. You can make a couple pennies, but you need to really get the rigs going if you want to do that seriously. <laughs> and it's a it's an energy waster, so yeah. not not my cup of tea. Where did I just saw? I think it was in the U.S. Uh, uh, a New York, I guess it's a New York power plant, Upper New York State, yes. New York. 
Mm -hmm. They put the Bitcoin miners behind the paywall because they're generating their own electricity. So basically, there's no charge. And they say they average 5.5 Bitcoins every day. That's about 50 grand at current oh. prices. 7,000 miners powered. It's on site behind the meter, as they say. So... So as a New Yorker, this is upsetting to me for a couple of reasons. One, uh, this is a peaker plant, so it's not terribly efficient. Um, it exists because uh, of peak uh, usage in, in the summer months with it, when air conditioning comes on. So it only turns on, theoretically, when, when those months oh, happen. Now it's running all the time. Now it's running all the time, spewing carbon into the it's air. It's running on natural gas, so it's using right. up fossil fuels. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible thing. And, you know, Cuomo, our governor, uh, has been talking about, you know, zero. Uh, uh, what is it? Net, yeah. yeah. Zero emissions. And to have this like in inside his uh, state is kind of kind of a joke. So I'm, I'm pretty upset about that. And I've actually asked uh, for Electric. I've asked them for comment on it. And but it's the weekend. So. We won't hear about it until tomorrow. Seth, I think I remember reading that there's so much power consumed by Bitcoin mining, it offsets every single solar inst installation we've put in globally. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite frustrating uh, knowing that. Pointlessly. And, pointlessly. We don't need... Well, yeah, I agree. Uh, it would be nice if they, like, if you could somehow game solar, like... Instead of buying a, a uh, you know electric using rig, you buy a solar panel and a inverter, and get money by putting energy into the grid. Like that seems like, you know, maybe that's what I should be doing right now. Instead of, uh, you know, it's like why not just make real like value instead of just sucking value out and then having this like game that everybody's playing and and. You know, I wonder how much how many how much power was wasted by SETI at home running for 20 years trying to find life in the universe. Yeah. Right. Not yeah, non-trivial amount. Not, absolutely. Mean, I had every computer in my house running that all of the time. I did. Um, yeah, I I. I do have to say there's a huge contingent. You know, MIT is here in Massachusetts. We had a huge Bitcoin convention there just this uh, this weekend. And. You know, I don't know. I, not all cryptocurrency is as, you know, energy consumptive as Bitcoin itself is. And I, I I do sometimes get frustrated with some of the stereotypes that get thrown around with people that are into cryptocurrency because there are so many legitimate uses of blockchain. But, you know, this is obviously the case you're talking about, Seth. It's, it's indefensible. So... Yeah. Turns out the coronavirus, the way it gets it gets into you, yeah. Let's get back to the coronavirus. It's much more fun. Is a little. It has a little spike on the protein, right? Which comes up to the cell, jams it into the cell, and takes over the cell. So scientists are trying to design a protein that could bind to the coronavirus's spike, basically blunting it, so that it can't interact with human cells. No infection. Would you like yep. to help? This is a site, Fold It, Solve Puzzles for Science. This isn't folding at home. This is an actual game that you could try. It's puzzle. It's a puzzle, 1805B. 
that you could try to design your little uh, <laughs> well at least you're having fun while you're doing it I have to say I'm married to someone that works in this field and the delivery mechanism of how you know drugs and infections viruses transmit that's a huge part of it it's not enough to just generate a cure you've got to figure out how you're going to deliver it the the basic science of this I would guess is is solid but as far as getting to a human application from it like this would be a very small piece of the puzzle but what if wouldn't it be cool if like somebody oh, yeah. fix finds it and then they can start <laughs> making it right well, but how would you deliver it to mass people? How would you know it's well, not yeah, targeting yeah, yeah, yeah. a wider number of proteins? Okay, how do okay. You know there's, other th Sorry. there's other things you have to solve, <laughs> yes. but yes. at least you could do this, right? How do you know it's not <laughs> toxic? I mean... <laughs> oh, that's true. It could kill you. Yeah. But it is available for free on Windows, Mac, and Linux, I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this puppy up. You guys are great. You survived the coronavirus show. <laughs> Next week, we'll, well have, we can check in in two weeks and we'll let you know. It'll probably be another one. Yeah, right. You're all infected now. Uh, no, it's so great to have you on Paris. I just adore you. Thank you. I can't wait to see some of your ceramics and your neon. What's the neon check sign? Check out my Twitter. I just I posted a photo of the neon sign. What's it say? In my room. It's an abstract thing because it was the first neon sign I've ever done. And it's very difficult to bend glass in a way that forms words. Um, so we just did abstract ones for the where, beginning. Where is it on oh. your... Uh... Oh, it's... Uh, there it down. is. Oh, neat. Oh, wow. Look at that. See a photo so, of me blowing the glass? Yeah. That's beautiful. So it's you... Nice. Now, and then you seal both... You put... How do you get the gas in it? So um, we started with um, like large tubes, which um, you have kind of like a phosphorus coating inside of in order to produce ah. the violet color. And then... Um, kind of put it over this large wall of flame to bend it. And then what you see me doing in the left on that photo is attaching, it's called like a tubulator or something and a different type of cap, um, which you kind of have to put the metal together or the glass together, melt it together on those ends. And then um, the people at the neon sign and glasswork studio we were at uh, put the mercury and different gas in using this kind of large machine they had. And then we hooked up the... Um, electronics to it and whatnot and there you go that's a photo of me <laughs> so cool. that's awesome oh my god you rock that is great you are so crafty trying to do it. anything like... that will force me to not look at the internet for an yeah, hour <laughs> no kidding i like the backward baseball cap too that's a good look apparently i started off with it faced forward but you can't have um yeah. baseball caps on like that when you're around I'll flames or else they'll point the yeah. heat to your eyes yeah I noticed you also tucked in your shirt. Just you don't want that to catch on fire either. Truly, Safe. I mean, this is the only photo I posted from there because the other photos of me actually Dangerous. bending the glass. I was like, <laughs> I was in a very protective, crouched over stance because I was very afraid that I was going yeah. to catch myself. Yeah, feels like you should be wearing protective eyewear as well. I just want to say. Yeah, I mean, apparently yeah. my glasses cut it. I still also felt like I should be wearing protective eyewear. <laughs> Isn't neon like very toxic? Oh, or am I so is mercury. Well, I mean, it Who has, cares? Like, it has people two really... drops of mercury. Like it's inert. The neon's inert. But the, but the of mercury, mercury in it. Yeah. But it's it's essentially the equivalent of like five thermometers worth. So it's not going to ruin your life if it breaks. You just Wait need a to minute. Clean it. That sounds like a lot. All I, yeah, can... I mean, it's not. <laughs> 
it's not a insignificant don't drink amount, it. but it's not. Yeah, yeah, don't drink the neon sign. But if it breaks, you're not going to die. Mercury is only dangerous if you inhale it. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid going to the dentist. This is how old I am. And they still used mercury in fillings. And the dentist was playing with it, saying, look, isn't this cool? Look, he's a little mercury. Cool. <laughs> and you're alive. I'm still alive. In fact, maybe that's why I didn't get coronavirus. Maybe I'm protected. <laughs> now now this show is going to get banned on YouTube. Do not <laughs> use mercury to save yourself. Seth, yeah. it's great to have you. Electric.com and uh, 9 to 5 Google and 9 to 5 Mac. He's the publisher, Seth Weintraub. His addict is getting dark. So yes, I, think I didn't plan for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cave in there. Honestly, I you know. look like a serial killer. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. I'll pull into the, the light a little bit more. <laughs> Either that or a YouTube star. One or the other. Thank you, Seth. There you go. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And Brianna Wu, I know your day is not yet over. You still have interviews to do. I do. I've got a. I have a meeting with a uh, group that's endorsing me that I can't announce yet. But uh, once they do, we'll know. With them. Yes, you will. Uh, uh, what can, can we do to help I announce, you? Can yes. I tell you? I so this is the time of year. I've been calling all of our donors to thank them, and I swear to God, I've called at least 10 people this last week. I'm like, what are we doing that you like so we can do more of it? And they're like, I saw you on Twit. Oh, we love your work on Twit. We want to see you in Congress. So thank you for inviting me on, Leo. Yeah, I always no. meet so many great people. And and sometimes people say, oh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you're just promoting her for Congress. No, no, we have Brianna on because she's smart and she's uh, articulate. She's a great uh, contributor to the panel. The fact that she's running for Congress has nothing to do with it. But I'll tell you what, if I were in Massachusetts 8th, I know where my vote would go. Thank you. Yeah. And, of course, Brianna Wu for Congress is the website. Uh, and we thank you so much. Good luck. Uh, September, huh? So you get a, got it's a long on September summer. 1st. Yep. And if people want to support me, they can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. Awesome, Brianna. Really appreciate it. We do Twit uh, every Sunday at about 21.30 UTC. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that wrong? Is it 22.30 UTC? Oh, crap. 22.15 UTC, which is about 2.15 Pacific, uh, 5.15 Eastern. But I like 22.15 UTC. Um, and if, if you would like to watch us do it live, you can go to twit.tv slash live. As I mentioned, I'm sad to say we are not... Uh, currently accepting a request to join us in studio. We're trying to keep our staff safe uh, and exposure down. So I apologize if you're coming to Northern California and you had planned to see us. I apologize I sincerely. Uh, but uh, as soon as this thing blows over, we'll, we'll, we'll be glad to reopen. Meanwhile, at least we have the live stream, twit.tv slash live audio and video. You can also uh, get on-demand versions of everything we do at our website, twit.tv. Best thing to do honestly, is subscribe. Whatever your pre preferred platform is, uh, subscribe. Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Slacker, uh, Podcasts from Google or Apple, uh, YouTube, whatever it is, subscribe. That way you'll get the show the minute it's available on a Sunday night, just in time for your Monday morning commute. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Please wash your hands, <laughs> stay safe, social distancing. That means listen to more podcasts. We'll see you next time. Another twit. This is amazing. Okay.